Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of June of the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not very ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Tuesday morning. It's 503-228-4101 if you would like to join us today. 503-228-4101. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com sarah with an h at kufo.com tim at kufo.com or nibbler n-i-b-l-e-r at kufo.com you can also uh, text if you like it's 52051 52051 and by the way let me just clarify for the record rick ashley isn't dead rick ashley isn't dead george clooney jeff goldblum uh what else did i say today lindsey lowen well i mean really it's it's probably 50-50 at this point in Lindsay Lohan, but to the best of my knowledge... And he's... sadly, Bernie Madoff is still with us. Yes. Well, he's going to be with us for... He's going to be with us for the remainder of his life, and we'll be able to check on him at any, uh, at any point, because we'll know exactly where he's going to be. What, did they give him 150 years? Yes. All right. Well, we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about that uh, coming up here in just a short while. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum will talk to us about the sentencing of uh, Bernie Madoff. We'll talk to Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles uh, about all the... Well, A, I think Farrah Fawcett's funeral is today. B, I And they let her jailbird sent out. Did they really? Yeah. Was it... was the deal with Ryan O'Neill that he wasn't going to marry her until she was able to say, I do, out loud? Uh-huh. What was the even rationale after, behind Even that? after being coached, she I... was unable to say those words. <laughs> she just didn't want it enough, Tim. She just... She lost the eye of the tiger. All right. I mean, I... That really sound like almost a caricature of a male excuse for not getting married. I don't know. I just want to wait until she can say it herself. You know, she's in a coma from cancer. Well, I mean, what am I, superhuman? All right. Uh, well, in any event, we'll talk to Jim Roop about that. And I think they also have given uh, those grandparents, I think they've given Michael Jackson's mom and dad to at least temporary custody of the kids. I yes. think the court has awarded them temporary custody while they try to figure out I don't know which kids were Debbie Rose and which kids were somebody else's and which kids were, like, grown in a bucket out back. It's just its all very confusing. Uh, Don Taylor will join us from Cinematical today uh, to discuss, among other things, the release on DVD of the first season of Eastbound and Down. Also, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, finally coming to digital no. video disc for you. Yes. Oh, my God, I love that show. <laughs> Everyone does. We have that? Now you can own it. Oh, that is so, amazing. Uh, uh, we'll also talk to Dax Holt from uh, TMZ.com later on today. All right. Good morning, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Best day ever. Parker Lewis can't lose. <laughs> Parker Lewis? Yeah. Well, oh, my God. I watch that show every morning. I'd watch that in DuckTales. 
DuckTales for the win. <laughs> yes. I had completely forgotten about the existence of Parker Lewis Can't Lose Oh, until I had such a crush on him. Dawn sent me an email last night. She's like, hey, I'll be in tomorrow to talk about Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Awesome. And I, Who know, was Parker Lewis? Sarah? I can't remember his name. Uh, one of those forgotten child stars. Oh, you he mean was... you don't mean the character? You mean the actor? The actor. Uh, I don't know. Now I got to look it up. Hold yeah, on. I got to look him up too. Because I remember he played a psycho in some movie too, and I'm just like, Parker Lewis can't be evil. All right, and Parker Lewis can't lose. Starring Rob Bowman. No, starring Corin 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 Nemec. Corin Nemec. Is that his name? Could be. I'm wow, looking. what a! I'm looking at the show right now. I'm, like, I'm at Wikipedia looking at the entry for Parker Lewis can't lose. I guess lose. he didn't become a household name. This one guy, boy, this show just screams '80s. I mean, I'm just looking at it. Oh every, yeah, it was ridiculous. Just the color scheme, the clothing, the hairstyle. He was in Mansquito. And this guy has no neck. There's a character here. Sometimes you'll hear that phrase about you know well, that guy's a real no neck. There's a guy here who actually has no neck. It's the head is joined directly to the shoulders. What did he play a Mansquito? Uh, let's see. Mansquito, by the way, is the definitive uh, sci-fi man meets nature film. He was Lieutenant Thomas Randall. <laughs> Where like is a- he now? Let's see, Tim. He is busy filming The Bollywood Boys, The Mars Shuttle Murders, Quantum Heist, and The Dark Between the Stars. Because Parker Lewis Can't Lose was very much like a, it. It was just a, essentially a television version of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yeah, if I remember amazing. correctly. No, it, it was hilarious, and he was always up to shenanigans. and Shenanigans. And goings on. Yes, and what have you. That mischievous imp. Excellent. All right, let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.06. It's going to be sunny today. Highs in the 80s and then climbing into the 90s tomorrow. The manslaughter trial of that Oregon City couple charged with refusing medical attention for her daughter who died is now underway. Carlin Raylene Worthington are charged with criminal neglect and second-degree manslaughter for the death of 15-month-old Ava Worthington, who died of pneumonia, a blood infection, and a cyst on the neck. The parents refused medical attention due to their religious beliefs. One of three Oregon high school students drops out. Is that true? Yes, one in three. That doesn't seem possible. 33% of mm-hmm. the kids drop out of school. Yep, mm-hmm. The um, lowest graduation rates are reported at Woodburn's Reynolds High School and Klamath Falls, both at 52%. Portland Citywide at 56%. David Douglas, 62%. The best kids are in Scapoose. 91% graduate. <laughs> then we, leave town. If you were in Scapoose, wouldn't you want to do the best you could? Really, I was going to say, if you're finishing school in Scapoose, there's only the two reasons why. One, you got to get your you know, your high school diploma so you can leave. So you can leave and go somewhere else. Isn't that the way to do it? No offense, Siegfried. Um, also, the other thing about Scapoose is if you drop out of high school, what are you going to do? Just, I mean, it's not like most uh, towns where there's like you know some sort of an auto parts store that you can hang out in front of and huff Krylon paint. There's really nothing to do in Scapoose if you're not going to school. You know, just sit there and stare at the ground for eight hours a day. Uh, some of the other smart kids, to the surprise of no one, Lynn, uh, West Lynn, Wilsonville, 89%, and Lake Oswego, 87%. So a third of the kids, is that in Oregon or in Portland? Oregon. Well, okay. Well, that, because of the, wide. Well, but that doesn't surprise me, I guess, if it's I mean, not what, just what, the Portland you, metro what, area. Once you go outside of here. It's a rube belt, Tim. Yes. Huh. It's, just, it's just nothing but Hicktopia. All right. Well, that, I guess that makes sense. If we're, if we're being dragged down by the outlying areas of the state, I can see why it might be such a low graduation rate. Uh, Comcast is launching broadband Wi-Fi hotspots in Portland today. This is some big deal. The services for laptops, not other mobile devices, like you BlackBerry folks. 
They offer us uh, offer speeds up to four megabits, whatever that is. Three other cities will get it later this year, but we're the first to get it. That's right, Tim. We are the first in a nationwide rollout of this service and proud to be part of it on the bleeding edge of technology. More tears in Spokane. Barry Manilow disappoints the city again. He uh, canceled his second scheduled concert appearance in Spokane and has no plans to ever set foot in Spokane again. Does not offer an explanation. Those holding Barry Manilow's Spokane tickets will get a refund. I don't understand. Wait, so he just refuses to go to Spokane? Yes, twice. Does he have some sort of a... He has a vendetta? Does he, a, he, he has beef in Spokane. So. Is this a... This is the second time in how long, do we know? Uh, six months. So he was supposed to... Why does to... he keep getting shows scheduled there, then? I don't know. I mean, I can understand why you would keep canceling Spokane, because who wants to go and spend any amount of time there if you can avoid it? I mean, Barry Manilow's a wealthy man. He doesn't have to go to Spokane if he doesn't want to. I wonder if he has people uh, who want him to go to Spokane, and so he just opts not to. I mean, he just has to put his foot down at a certain he, point. He probably thinks it's some exotic locale somewhere in, in Europe. He's a little intimidated. Hey, so I was watching uh, Family Guy the other day, and... Is it the one where they go to the Barry Manilow concert? It is the one where they go to the Barry Manilow concert, and I forget exactly. Is that, it's it, it's the, where they go to the Barry Manilow concert, and Peter forgets his wallet, and his identity gets stolen by James Woods, yes. who's just an incredibly profane, horrible person. Oh, I love him. Um, so I was watching that, and it's always intriguing when you watch Family Guy to try to assess who provides a real voice and who doesn't. And I have to say that I was caught off guard by the fact that Manilow does his own voice on that show. Uh, it's pretty impressive how many people they actually get to do that show. Especially when you consider the fact that when you... Uh, I mean, I don't know if, if if that's a thing where where they get script approval beforehand. So, like, if you're Barry Manilow and the, the Family Guy folks invite you to come on and, and lend your voice to the show, if Manilow gets to go through... I mean, I imagine he would. To go through and, and approve whatever the script is going to be or if he... Or if there's some sort of deal put in place where he's not going to go in and voice something and then they sort of change the script after the fact to like give him the uh, to give him the shaft but i was unclear about whether he had actually voiced because it, i think they were using just the um i think they were using just the, just it, it was like the weekend in new england track or whatever that manilow song they're using is and then he started to speak out loud and it was very clearly his voice which which i have to say was impressive so good for you barry here's uh tim riley grieving michael jackson fans are committing suicide what Sarah and I both immediately <laughs> instinctively disbelieving. Grieving Michael Jackson fans are committing no, suicide. made-up story. I mean, I'm not saying you're making it up. I'm saying you are reading something that has very few underpinnings in the realm of fact. The president and owner of MJ Community, that's Michael Jackson's big website, says he understands that tragedy has taken its toll, but he's begging the fans not to take their own lives. I know there have been increases. I know now believe the figure is at 12 12 committing suicide because of Michael Jackson. There's one in Britain who has just taken their life. It is a serious situation that these people are going through, but Michael Jackson would never want this. He would want them to live. Uh, Jesse Jackson, a friend of the singer, has recorded a YouTube film on the site urging fans not to self-destruct. <gasps> really? Please tell me there's a video by, by Jesse Jackson saying don't kill yourself. It's I, I saw it, and you can barely understand it. The audio oh, really? is just too bad. Yeah. Oh, that's but It is there. It is there, but the audio was not airable. That's regrettable. How would they even know? Like, how would this guy who runs the fan like I'm giving this way more credence than it even deserves. How would the guy who runs the fan club know? In other words, if he said mm-hmm. there's, there's one in Britain that just... That I, just I, I, is I, there like a Google map or something? I, I suppose there, there's some discussion of it online somewhere. Can I get a can I get a widget from my MacBook that'll show me online Jackson suicides? That it's just so like a, like a real time stat. You might. I I find this to be a uh, 
And, uh, yeah, it seems to be. This is a this is a suspicious statistic to me. This he seems... said the singer's death has left his fans on the forum in a surreal place. They can't accept it. Uh, they feel in some sort of different reality. I'm stunned that he's dead. One minute he's coming here for concerts, and the next he's gone. Said one. Thousands of Michael Jackson fans are expected to gather at a vigil July 13th at the Oz Arena when the star was due to perform. Well, he does have those uh, kind of nutcase fans. I mean, not just here, but, a, but but in the rest of the world. Yeah, he is the crazy pants one. Yeah, I mean, that's the, he's one of those guys that everywhere you, you know you see him sort of traveling. It's like he would. It was like they were just coming up the touch of the hem of his garment to be healed of their uh, of their gout or whatever. So, I mean, I guess. I guess one can never really tell because if there's six billion people, you only need like point zero zero one percent of them to be nutty for this story to be well, true. Well, the, the tote board said the figure is now at twelve. When, at twenty five, he wins a, his estate wins a tote bag. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, do this. Uh, do we? I'm, I'm sorry. So I have to check my. Uh, at six twenty, yeah. Steve? All right. Mm-hmm. So straight ahead, we have more news uh, from Tim Riley coming up later on. Cena Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. From New York City, uh, Jim Roop from Cena Radio Los Angeles coming up. Dax Holt from TMZ. Don Taylor from Cinematical. And a pair of tickets to see the creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D. Coming up. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. At all times. To everyone. In accordance with prophecy. The Rick Emerson Show. Live or via podcast at KUFO.com. I said the weirdest confluence of things. So just now during the break, Sarah was asking me if we wanted to speak to Christopher Lloyd on the show. And the answer to that is always yes, by the way. Okay, okay. And as you were asking Christopher Lloyd, Tim was in the other ear saying, boxers are briefs. What is it you were reading, Tim? They're trying to pitch this author who just wrote a book on how to have a baby. How to have a baby or how to become pregnant. I mean, not, really, I mean, but with either. I mean, first of all, how to have a baby. I don't think you need to know how to have a baby. I think that's a thing that just happens. That's going to happen whether you know how to do it or not. Also, the how to get pregnant. Isn't that sort of, where's the X factor there? Hasn't, uh, hasn't all the there, appropriate there information there, been sussed out? There are 31 million copies in print, <laughs> so somebody needs this information. Nobody in my neighborhood, Tim. They're all well-versed. step-by-step preconception plan. A preconception? Are these preconceived notions? Everything every hopeful parent needs to know. Every hopeful parent. All right. Well, mm. what is the name of the book? Oh, is that, oh, is that, or is that the, is that the title? Uh, let me look here. What's the name of the book? What was that horrible book that was sent to us some, some weeks ago that we were going to talk about on the air and we never did? It was oh, a, what to expect when you're expecting. No, no, no. It's this not is what, what to, to expect pregnancy. No, 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 this is not what to expect when you're expecting. That's for the book for when you're already knocked up. This is the what to expect when you're about to expect or something like it, that. It's, because, a, it's another in the what to expect series. Yeah, that's because the what to expect when you're expecting, that is like the... That, that's, that's you've already been knocked up. Yeah, that's like the chicken soup for the soul, like the original book, which they then just uh, hoard out relentlessly with, with every variation you could possibly imagine. Cough medicine can help you get pregnant. Well, okay. Watching a sexy movie can help, too. Oh, oh. Please don't say that. <laughs> that's what no. it's. So cough medicine and a sexy movie are two of the best bets. <laughs> Honey, I want you to drink this. <laughs> sometimes you. I'm takes, feeling groggy. Shut up. <laughs> sometimes it takes three months of trying. Do we still get Cinemax? All right. It takes what? 
three months of trying. I like how they make it sound like it's the worst thing in the entire world, too. Like, look, you're just going to have to buckle in for three months. You're going to have to have sex uh, with your wife. I'm sorry. I hate to uh, I hate to break it to you, pal. There's no other way. All right. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal saver and fertility expert, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 526. Here's what's happening this morning. Oh, by the way, it's only going to be in the 80s today, but 90s tomorrow, scorching hot as we head into the weekend. A man stranded on Mount Hood for seven hours over the weekend said it was thanks to a GPS that he was rescued as quickly as he was. Uh, Kevin Haskins fell on a rock that he was climbing in the Sandy Glacier early Saturday morning. He broke his leg. He didn't have a cell phone, which really doesn't help. Bring a cell phone. And, uh, oh, but he and his friend had brought a GPS along. He was bundled up in his pocket and had uh, two sleeping bags while the friend climbed back down the mountain to get some help. He had food and water and appropriate clothing, so that is a good thing. He's currently in fair condition. A Southern Oregon woman blows a .35. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yes? Nothing. I was just thinking of that billboard that used to be up around Portland a couple years ago that said you don't have to blow a .8 or blow .8, whatever it is. But if you were driving at just the right angle, the .08 didn't look like .08. It looked like... Oh, I remember that. It looked like a, it looked like a word that is a synonym for work. We have a, yeah, we have a picture of that on and our There's space. a photograph of that because I think the deal was that there were like telephone poles or, or power poles or something. And as you would drive by them, the telephone pole would line up in such a way that it didn't look like blow .08. It looked like blow followed by this other word. And I'm sorry. Soon, so as soon as you were just like right, as soon as that came out of your mouth just now, that's immediately what I was what I was thinking of. But that's okay. That's just because I'm relentlessly juvenile, Tim. So uh, they're preparing to stop 48-year-old Kimberly Weaver this weekend when she crashed on a road between Yonkala and Oakland in Douglas County. She was reportedly traveling between 9,100 miles an hour from Rice Road. Uh, she and was th- traveling at 9,100 miles an hour. <laughs> 90 it's, and 100 miles Oh, an I was going to say, it seems like that's the larger yes. uh, issue at, at play here. Okay. So the uh, OSP was getting into position to catch the drunk driver when she crashed. According to the OSP report, Weaver struck the rear of her car, causing it to leave the interstate and roll over after the collision. Weaver's Mercury Mystique. I don't know anyone has one. Mercury Mystique. That's her stripper name. Crossed into the northbound lanes, went across the ramp, and took out an exit sign. The car continued across the ditch, through a fence... And across uh, from Isidore Road before coming to a complete stop. And then she blew into the thing, and it was point .35. I'm sorry, it's way too early to have stories like this because everything strikes me as disproportionately funny. Well, we're here to amuse. God, I'm retarded. All right. No, you're not. Well. Uh, she was reportedly combative with the EMTs on the way to the hospital <laughs> and with the hospital staff. It took an order from the DA to obtain a legal blood draw that came out point .349. She faces charges of drunk driving, reckless driving, reckless endangerment, criminal mischief, and driving with a suspended license. So that is four and a half times the legal limit. Yes. See, the, the thing is that used to be, I'm just saying, uh, just from an observational vantage point, that used to be impressive. If You know, you would get, like, you'd hear those stories every now and again. He went to the ER and he was 15 times the legal limit. He should have been dead. There's no way he should have been able to stand. 
And as much as you didn't want to sort of go like, well done, you kind of did inside. Uh, like when you like every now and again, they would bring in some guy and it was at point eight or something. And they'd say, well, there's no way he should even be drawing breath. His cells should have all half lifed away. And you almost and you sort of wanted to, to give the guy like a little like a medal or something, you know, for being able to ingest so much alcohol for really. I mean, you know, once you get up to like seven, eight, nine times the legal limit. But the thing is, with every passing decade, they just drop the legal limit so much that it no longer really takes any effort or skill, uh, you know, to surpass it by any any degree. So this is, yeah, this is less impressive. Uh, Diane Keaton has just been rushed to the hospital. She was working on a film in New York City when she got clocked with something on the set. So she better get attention because we know what happens when you don't. That's right, Tim. So take this seriously. Oh, and Greg uh, Nibbler has uh, clarified that the guy who starred in Parker Lewis can't lose. He was also, he said, uh, Greg says he was also the psycho in the stand. In the psyche, you mean the trash can guy? Trash can man, the guy who was always talking about the moon? Yeah, all right. There you go. So the Parker Lewis, so he did Parker Lewis Can't Lose. He did The Stand, and then... Uh, I know him from a couple of Lifetime movies. I was just going to say, the next stop, Oblivion or Lifetime. Yes. So, all right. Who are the three actresses most likely to be seen in a Lifetime film? Uh, Meredith Baxter, Baxter Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Patty Duke. She's in a lot of them. and She's nuts. She's totally bonkers. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the of a guy that would be on all of them. The the great thing about that just now is that your your tone of voice, Tim, indicated that you have no doubt about that whatsoever. That it was a thing you knew to be empiric fact. All right. Yeah, Patty, it, yeah, Patty Duke is my favorite. Though is Patty Duke Sean Astin's mother? Is she John Astin's what? W- wife? Is that the deal? I've never heard that. John no, Astin of Adam's Family fame, because somewhere in there. Desi Arnaz Jr. was alleged to be a father of one of those kids. I thought John Aston from the Adams right, yeah, family is, was mother. married to Patty Duke, and they had Sean Aston as the kid. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's like like forty years older than she was, or something. When oh yeah, no, he was no, he was, she a, was like a child bride. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, well, he is. He is Gomez Adams, uh, Tim. He Patty is Duke, smooth. She did star in my favorite Lifetime movie ever called A Killer Among Friends, starring Tiffany Amber Thiessen. You know, here's the thing. No, no, it's just Tiffany Thiessen. No, that was when she was still Tiffany. Really? She hadn't dropped the amber yes, at that point? Yes, it was in the 90s. Has she signed on for the uh, for the Saved by the Bell reunion? She and Screech are the only two that haven't. He's holding out for the big money. Yeah. He re- the thing is, here's the thing about Dustin Diamond not signing on, is in a weird way, he's right, because he's the one guy that can't go forward without uh, they could write off. I mean, they could write around the absence of anybody else on that show. But he is because he's. I hate to say this. He's the most famous person from that show after at this point. I mean, even more so than Elizabeth Berkeley, because there's nobody else from that show that has got this the kind of pop culture recognition that he does. So you know, you know, he's the Urkel uh, of that show, and so as such, he's kind of the most crucial cast member because everybody else you could just say, well, he's in Paris. Or no, something. him and Mr. Belding. Yeah, but see, but not a bit. That guy wouldn't be known. You could bring him into the average uh, person on the street. Probably half the people in the room would have no idea who he is. Everybody knows the Screech guy, largely because, I mean, that that is both the the blessing and the curse of being him, right? Is that he's so uh, typecast as that one thing, and then he did that got that creepy sex tape uh, that he put out a couple years ago. So yeah. it, this he probably sees correctly, in my opinion, that this is his last chance to cash in. So he's got to hold out for the uh, for the big money. There's uh, Tim Riley. Now, speaking of must-see TV tonight on the Bravo channel, it is NYC Prep. It is a real-life Gossip Girls. 
that Sarah Dillon will enjoy. The repeat of last week's episode, which you probably missed, is on at 9, and the new episode on at 10. Is this a new program? Yes, it is. It's a reality program about prep school girls. NYC. Oh, and I might have to watch it on the that? internet. That's a little late, Tim Riley. I know it. I have a DVR. All right. Straight ahead, <laughs> we have more news from Tim Riley. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum about uh, Bernie Madoff, who is uh, going away for a long, 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 until he's dead. He's going away for the rest of his life. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Rupp will join us from Los Angeles. We'll also talk to Dax Holt from TMZ from Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. Thank you for joining us. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, as well as Dax Holt uh, from TMZ. Uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Don Taylor from Cinematical. And later on in the program, uh, Jim Roop will weigh in on... Well, you know, Tara Fawcett just continues uh, to get the chef. Not bad enough that it takes like four years to die of a particularly awful kind of cancer. Then you die, and Michael Jackson dies on the same day. Then her funeral is today, uh, right as the judge is sort of issuing at least some of these sort of temporary uh, rulings on the child custody thing. And I think they've got that announcement about Jackson's. There's something about that uh, that tour of his. I know they're trying I to do it right here. Do you? Well, let's. It's breaking. Let's not delay, Tim. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal safety, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 5:45. Breaking news. The show will go on for Michael Jackson's This Is It tour. An announcement has been made. According to a tour organizer, one performance will now be held in September and will be a replica of what was planned for the This Is It tour in London. High-profile singers are expected to perform in place of Michael Jackson. Among them, possibly Madonna, who is expected to appear at one of Jackson's shows in London. A firm decision has not yet been made as to where the tribute concert will take place, but it's likely to be in Los Angeles. So that's what we know so far. So how is it not going to... Well, how many people does that O2 Arena hold? Do we know? Oh, geez, I don't know. I was unclear about whether it was real big or real small. It seems like it has to be one of the two because it's... They were doing 50 shows there, but they were pulling from all over um, Europe. And the only footage I've seen of that place is when Zeppelin did their reunion tour. And I, there's a sort of a, a high-quality bootleg DVD of that that's going around that I've got a copy of. And it, But, I mean, it does look to be thousands of people anyway. Mm-hmm. So it seems like... It seems like you probably can't do a whole, I mean, even by show business standards, doing a whole series of tribute uh, shows is probably not practical. So they probably got to do the one the one big blowout, which would make sense even if they're going to do it in Los Angeles or something. All right. So uh, that's that. Then we understand that uh, Simon Cowell reportedly made $38 million last year. Well, now he wants $144 million a year. Good for him. To come back and do the show again. So while $36 million may seem to be a lot of money for five months' worth of snarky comments and the rolling of the eyes, it's only a fraction of the estimated $900 million that Idol rakes in in a year. Well, you know, that's my, it's like with The Simpsons, guys. Uh, I forget exactly how much it is that The Simpsons voice actors make per episode, but it's just something insane. It's like $400,000, mm-hmm. which, I mean, on the one hand, you go like, I mean, that's 22 minutes of dialogue that they're speaking. And I understand that you have to rehearse and that there's, you know, you have to do multiple takes, you know, of everything. you got to be good. But I mean, that's... 22 minutes, you know, divided, is it divided by or divided into? Whatever. $400,000 spread over 22 minutes is 
That's 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 a lot. But on the other hand, you got to figure that The Simpsons just rakes in money hand over fist. So you know what? It just in my opinion, you just uh, you squeeze the network until they scream. That's uh, that's my philosophy. Oh, the Idol tour opens here on Thursday. Their uh, their tour at the Rose Garden. Yes, will that be? Uh, I'm I'm thinking through in my head uh, do, latest, if I know anybody. Group. Do we know anybody? But Adam Lambert, who's the guy that won? I don't know. I oh, how sad. It. Adam, Adam, no, no, <laughs> it wasn't Adam forgotten. Lambert. It was that country guy. I can't think of Is his it name. Chris Allen. Is that that guy's name? Something like that. He'll be forgotten in a year. See, but what is it? Okay, so what is that all about? You know what this is like? The, the thing about the American Idol winner never becoming the person that you remember? Because didn't Justin, what's his name, Guarini win? He won the second one, and then Clayakin came in first, or second, I think. No, I don't think Justin Guarini won. I think he came in second. He didn't. Too. No, he came in second to Kelly Clarkson. He so Kelly Clarkson, one. what? What? She was the first place winner. Yes. Yes. Okay. Kelly Clarkson is the one that people remember. All right. Okay. For the most part, because I, I thought her. it was going to be like that. That thing on the. It's like that deal with Letterman's top ten list, uh, where with you know the this you know number two is always the funniest, and the number you know the number one is always sort of flat, um, because I think. Ruben Stoddard actually was the first place winner the year that Clay Aiken came in second. And so but Clay Aiken is the guy that everybody has sort of latched onto. So that does seem to be a sort of well-established dynamic with those guys. So on the talk show circuit last night, it was impossible not to notice Edward Chernop. This is a lawyer for Dr. Conrad Murray, and he took all kinds of questions, including why didn't... They removed Michael Jackson from his bed before trying to give him CPR, which probably could have killed him. Most people know that you, sh- you should, administering CPR, especially if your doctor, should be on a, on a hard, flat surface. So why was he caring for him while he was still in, in bed? Well, he, he, that's true. He did administer CPR on the bed. The bed is a very firm bed. He braced the, Michael Jackson's back with his hand uh, under, his, under his back when he, and comp- uh, compressed his chest with the other hand. He checked continuously to make sure there was blood flow, uh, and there w- and was. Uh, it was effective what he was doing. Uh, at some point, he did. Bring it was him down effective. Off the bed and, and <laughs> very effective. CPR. It went on. Doesn't the evidence contradict that statement? By definition, he's dead. It well, was not effective. I'm not saying anything about anything, but that guy sounds like he's lying. That uh, in your I mean, could he be flubbing? That's what the lawyers are for. I, could he be like flubbing? And uh, uh, sure, and uh, uh, I'm not sure. Like. So Sarah Dillon's constitutionally protected opinion yes. uh, that your read on his mannerisms uh, is that they are uh, consistent with those of someone who might be trying to cover up a falsehood. Uh, perhaps. For, for, I mean, I don't get it, it, the deal, though, because he says that when he went to the bedroom, Jackson had a pulse, right? Yes, a so Jackson, pulse. How long does it take to drag somebody off the bed under the floor? Like 15 seconds? I you know, so. Yeah, it seems a, a lot of orchestra. Like, I placed my hand on his back and then pride myself you know, against you, the bed. It's like, what does that even mean? But you can't do CPR with just one hand, can you? Isn't that the deal? That, I mean, even somebody who's... No, it's two hands. Even, it's, a, it's a two-handed activity. Right. So, but he's saying that one hand was underneath him and the other hand was on top that he was squeezing him like an accordion, basically. That <laughs> <laughs> he was sort of... That he was... You know what I mean? That he, that he was just... That, he, that does make sense. That he was like some sort of a bellows that you're trying to start a fire with. Except that it's Michael Jackson. Look, I know he's wafer thin and all, but it really does seem like maybe just give him a shove and put him on the put him on the carpet. But the idea that he's there on top of a posturpedic does not really. Uh, that's not a. That, I mean, it looked like he flattened him out when, when I. You saw the journey. It looked like there was just a sheet. I on something the first time underneath it. I saw them taking him out on the stretcher to the ambulance after he was dead. It just it, it looked, they forgot to put him underneath. I didn't think there was anything there until they pointed out that he was actually on the stretcher. Maybe that was a decoy so, gurney. Yeah, although. I'm, but see, here's the but here's the other thing I don't get. So if the doctor, if they claim the doctor left him on the bed because it was firm, 
And then Michael Jackson, by the way, doesn't seem like a firm mattress kind of guy. He seems like a soft mattress sort I of see person. A big squishy pillowy one. That's exactly like a, like a giant like a cloud. Like yeah, like a, like a like a bed shaped beanbag chair. But if he's doing CPR with one hand underneath him and the other hand on top, sort of like Dagwood Bumstead trying to compress a sandwich enough to get it into his mouth. How is it possible that they, they then broke all his ribs? Because isn't that the thing of the autopsy, that he had like three or four broken ribs? Or is that autopsy even true? Because then they told us yesterday that the autopsy yes. reports that was leaked out that it was all fake. Yes. Do we know if it's fake? We don't know that. Oh, so confusing. All right. Uh, Joe Jackson is addressing rumors of Michael Jackson being buried at Neverland Ranch. That's not true. That's not, that's not true. No, that's not true. That was Joe Jackson? Yeah. All right. Allegedly. Okay. Uh, let's see. So we have some other things here. Inclu- oh, are you motioning to me? Sarah, were you motioning be- just now? <laughs> it might be time for a I'm break. sorry. I was, I was distracted by a bright, shiny. I know. Uh, I'm saying uh, you're trying to get your attention. Down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let's do this. Uh, straight ahead, we'll talk to CNN uh, Radio correspondent Steve Castamon. That's coming up next hour. Also, Dax Holt from TMZ, who will hopefully be able to uh, clarify some of these issues uh, for us. Later on, Don Taylor from Cinematical and Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is Tuesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101. This is Rock 101 KUFO. I'm looking at this Margie Belay column for the, the front of the uh, How We Live section in Today's Oregonian. Did you ever just see a headline that doesn't make any sense? I mean, I don't mean that like it's a story that has many different angles and facets and needs to be explored further. I mean, the words don't make any sense to you. Lonely death plants seed to comfort others in need. What? What? You can't just add confusion lonely, by just saying lonely what. Lonely death plants seed. Lonely to death plants seed to comfort others in need. What does that mean? I don't. Maybe the, oh, you know, the death plants I, are, are helping people. I don't know. I think because they reduce the size of the paper itself. What is a lonely required to leave some words out of headlines? What is a lonely death plant? <laughs> Something that helps lonely seed people. Lonely death plants Make seed to lovers. comfort. Is it like a? Is that like a, a, a like a foxtrot tango whiskey kind of a thing? Wait, can I see that? I need to. Right here on the the lonely right hand death side. Plants seed to comfort. Others in need. It's like I'm, it's like suddenly everything is written like the bridge column, where none of the words make any Only sense to me. To Trick to dummy to the West Heart, uh, you know, the fifth diamond. She talks seed. pretty someday. Oh, lonely. Okay, lonely death. Lonely, lonely death. Plants, plants seed, seed to, comfort. to comfort those in need. Well, that makes that incrementally more sense. sense. It's still badly it written. It still doesn't though. make any sense. No. I'm going to. Oh, so you put the accent on the wrong syllable. So I guess. Lonely death plant? Lonely death plants. Make good lovers. That's going to be the. Uh, good old country song. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of my metal band. Hello, we're the Lonely Death Plants. Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen at the uh, news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Wright. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. It's going to be crowded at the fireworks this year, mainly because they're not having them in Vancouver. So don't go to Fort Vancouver expecting fireworks because they're canceled due to a lack of funds. Where can you see them this year? Well, they have the Waterfront Blues Festival at Waterfront Park. They're preparing for over overflowing crowds. 
They typically have to turn people away every year because there are a few places for people to go. So Portland police are counting on thousands, thousands going to Oaks Park further up the Willamette this year. They're preparing Willamette Park, which is uh, right across the river, for more crowds to watch. Let me understand this. Vancouver no longer has the money to celebrate our nation's independence and establishment as a separate entity? No. All right. Well, that's disconcerting. Bill Pullman's going to be disappointed. So fireworks in the area. Oh, they're going to have fireworks at PGE Park. Where are they going to light fireworks at PGE Park? I mean, are you are you asking yes. where where they're, where they're going to be sort of based? There is going to be a fireworks show at PGE Park for one place. I know where it is, but where do they have the room to do that? Apparently, somebody thinks it can be pulled off. Well, I, I mean, if they it's, don't, it's a field. I know if they don't have people in the park. In other words, it, it's not like you'd have to be sitting in the park to see the show, right? Is Maybe there a ball game going on at the same time. Uh, I don't know, Sarah. Is there some sort of a game happening at PGE Park on July Fourth? You know, like a Timbers game or something? That uh, wouldn't there's be. There's a Timbers game on the third. I don't know about it on the fourth though. No, well, maybe I, that's why they can do it there. Okay. It doesn't seem like they would be like. It doesn't seem like that's a thing where you could have people in attendance though, because then you're just asking for the wind to knock one of those things over and just to aim it right into the crowd, well, <laughs> which would be awesome. But I mean, and wrong. It's a Thursday Thursday celebration. <laughs> Uh, Free fireworks site. Also, they're having fireworks at Blue Lake Park and in Estacada. Estacada, Malala, and Canby. In Estacada. Here's what they're going to do. In Estacada, all that is is they're just taking the loud exploding noises that happen day and night in that place anyway, and they're just putting a different name on it. That's what that's about. The... Uh, growing up in the, in the Kennewick, uh, there was this uh, this so-called stadium, but it, it's, it's a very small version of a regular stadium. But they have a fireworks show there every year, or did until I was about 12 years of age, and they had an incident similar to the one I just described, where there's these the, the fireworks are shot of these what are basically huge cardboard tubes. I mean, they kind of look like those tubes that are inside the you know, wrapping paper that you put a poster in or something. Yes. But they're massive. They're like eight inches across, and they're about three feet high. And they're and there's dozens of them, and they're packed with fireworks. Then they shoot straight up and whatever. And the deal is, they shoot up to I don't know, maybe a hundred yards or so above the top of the stadium, so you can see them if you're in the stadium where you buy a ticket to go, or you can see them from around the city too. You can see them on the skyline, but they're being shot from within the stadium. And there was actually a huge windstorm that did two things. One, the windstorm. Because it was like a, it wasn't set off by computer or anything. It was like a traditional fuse that you light, and then the fuse is timed to trigger all the fireworks at you know a certain at a certain um, at a certain point and you know relative to one another time wise. But the wind sped up the fuse, so everything fired off like three times as fast it was as it was supposed to. And then also the wind knocked one of the tubes over, and it did aim itself directly into the crowd and just Excellent. shot a huge fireball right <laughs> into this crowd, which was. And I can laugh because no one died. Um, Are you I, sure? I think there was a main. Well, nobody was missed. No, no, no. I mean, we had nobody who mattered, Tim. Um, there was a, I believe there was a, uh, there was a, uh, a maiming of a person and also of one car in the parking lot, um, uh, where something fired straight out of the, uh, you know, it's straight out of the stadium and in fact landed right on the top of a guy's car and burned its way through the roof. The only maiming that happened inside the studio or inside the stadium, though. This was not even actually anything from the thing tipping over and firing into the crowd. There was some little ne'er-do-well kid that had somehow gotten away from his parents and was trying to sort of poke around where all of the fireworks were set up sort of down near the field. And it was one of those things where he was, you know, what's this? Oh, hey, it's made of fire. Ow, look, I'm burning. So that was, a, that was the best 4th of July we ever had, Tim. And after that, it was all downhill. All right. That sounds hard for me. Oh, by the way, there's a Beavers game every 4th of July. Uh, this uh, text message, they let off the fireworks by the scoreboard after the game. 
All right. All right. So there you go. So much for that. So, but does it mean everybody from Vancouver is going to stream into Portland to celebrate oh, the Fourth of July? Yes. Oh, that's great. That means that all of that traffic that is stopped on the bridges anyway, because everybody just parks there. You know, they're driving across real slowly, and then they just stop to watch the fireworks. That is actually going to be. If you're aiming to do that, you probably won't even be able to get there because everybody from, you know, because of the people coming in from Vancouver, so all of the bridges are going to be clogged up, I don't know, probably 40% more than they normally would. Well, all right. I'm not going to be here. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to be no, here. I'll be out of town. It doesn't matter to me. So uh, Joe Jackson is going into damage control about the uh, the comments he made going into the BET Awards. He said he really didn't mean it. I established a record company with Marshall, and the company is called Morant's Record, distributed by Blue Star and Blu-ray. So uh, we have a lot of good artists fixing to come out. And I was asked that question, and I answered just like it was asked, because they wanted to know what else I was doing. Nobody else asked that. Well, that just screams give me custody of some small, impressionable children. <laughs> so anyway... It? What happens after that? You call a press conference in front of your Encino home and talk lovingly about your son and not yourself. It's not about you, Joe. Michael is a, was the superstar. He's a superstar all over the world. He was loved in every country in the United States and on, in every uh, country all over the world. He was loved. Now you're this, starting to understand, Joe. This sounds like a guy who just read his own son's Wikipedia entry and then has decided that that actually can be interchangeable with real human emotion. Remember, Joe, it's not about your record company. Keep going about Michael. You have the press's attention. He tried his hard to please everybody. The sick, he, he donates so much money to the sick. He helped the blind. He helped everybody. He helped the blind? <laughs> and he was glad to do it. Do you suppose he actually is confusing Michael with Jesus? I mean, perhaps. And then he, Lazarus was resurrected and also... Uh, all right, well, there you go. And, and Joe Jackson also appears... I mean, I know he's, he's old and kept alive only by the power of malice, but he appears to have uh, some sort of mushy substance in his mouth for most of these sound bites because he has that it's kind of like he's having to fight through uh, just a big fistful of elmer's glue to get any of his uh, words up all right straight ahead we'll talk to dax holt from tmz somebody ringing a bell in the background Did somebody put a bell under my news copy <laughs> i guess that means i'm done that was a very odd program today we are live from beautiful downtown portland oregon it's tuesday morning tmz next this is the rick emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Not only is a killer, he was trolling for homosexuality online. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. All right, then. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101. A mere moments, we'll talk to... Dax Holt from TMZ, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio New York, going to join us in a bit. Don Taylor from Cinematical, and uh, Jim Roop uh, from CNN as well. Plus a pair of tickets to the Creature from the Black Lagoon 3D Spectacular, which is uh, starting this weekend at the Hollywood Theater. Um, so I thought that movie was 1956. It's actually earlier. It's 1954. The original Creature from the Black Lagoon uh, came out. And by the way, let's have no illusions about this. I mean, really, by all conventional standards, I mean, it's a terrible movie. I mean, it's, it's sort of woodenly acted, and you can, I think, in several shots actually see the zipper uh, running up the backside of the creature, which is in a sort of an ill-fitting rubber suit. But it just becomes, but it's 
it is like the very embodiment of a 50s monster movie, though. And, you know, there's a difference between bad in a way that is just sort of annoying, and then there's bad in that way that has a certain charm to it, that kind of William Castle thing. And that's a creature from the Black Lagoon has. Also, it's the first mainstream 3D film ever released, which has been restored to 3D, and it's a brand-new 35-millimeter print. So... But if you remember during that period of time, of course, none of, none of us were around, but if you read back in the history, they were doing anything to get people away from their TVs. Oh, that I mean, was... They didn't know what to do. There was VistaVision. There was all kinds of 3D. Rumble-rama. And here people are content to sit in front of this little black and white box. That's giving them very little to watch. Well, that was the uh, that was the thing. Is well, they were the same today, really. It's, rolling... just... <laughs> it's a vast wasteland, Tim. channels with nothing on. Uh, so, in any event, so we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to that here in just a uh, short while. So, hang on. It's 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ, our good friend Dax Hole. Good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning. Well, I'm, I'm a little tired. <laughs> it's been quite a week for you. First of all, this is the last time, uh, first time we've had a chance to talk since last week. So, last Thursday... Uh, I'm at home doing something or other, and I go to post uh, something online on Facebook, and that's actually where I found out about the Jackson thing, because I went to Facebook, somebody said, hey, Michael Jackson dead, what the hell, WTF, and I immediately went uh, online, and TMZ, of course, was the first uh, you know pl- place that had the story, so congratulations to you guys on kind of being first out of the gate with that. Was there, w- to the best of your knowledge, what was the elapsed time between when it became... When it happened and when you guys had it, because you were the very first to report it. Yeah, I would say we were within a good maybe half hour. Then then we put up the story that he had passed away, and no one wanted to follow the story for a good hour, almost hour and a half, and then finally people started jumping on board once they were able to confirm it themselves. Half an hour is really astonishing. You can be honest. Did you guys just have a microchip implanted in Michael Jackson's buttocks at some point just to track his his vitals? <laughs> Uh, you never know, right? Eh, well, I'll take that as a yes, Dax Holt. Um, hey, let me uh, let me ask you this. Does it seem a little strange that they're talking about uh, giving temporary and possibly permanent custody uh, to the to Michael's parents, considering the fact that Joe Jackson, at least, was alleged by Michael to be you know the, the kind of an abusive guy and was knocking him around for most of his childhood, and they're both like in their eighties anyway. It just seems. It seems like that is a uh, a bad idea on numerous levels. Yeah, but you know where where else would the children go? You know, at least they'll be with the family. Whereas if they went with Debbie Rowe, Michael's ex-wife and the birth mother, they don't know her at all. She, you know, she's just like a random person out there. And so I, I figure, if, at least if you're surrounding with all the brothers and sisters and that kind of thing, it, then uh, you know it. It seems more of a normal family for the kids. So really, so they're going to be, technically speaking, they would be theoretically in the custody of uh, the parents, but really they would be spending time with Tito. So it's all, it's kind of a wash. <laughs> all good. All right. Uh, what else is going on in the world of TMZ, sir? I, got, I feel like we're just like clearing up rumors left and right with this this thing. And it, there was a whole autopsy rumor that came out yesterday where he was had broken bones and he was bald and all this kind of stuff. And it was just not true. The whole autopsy was completely fake. Nothing had happened. He was told, you know, his body was not tra- laced with track marks from needles or anything like that. So clearing up rumors. And um, I, I think the biggest question is this doctor. Who is this dude? Why why did he wait 30 minutes before calling nine? And his, his excuse is really stupid. He says, "Well, I didn't know the address or the location of the house." The house where he what? was. The house where he was presumably living. Yeah, 
And it, it sits right on Sunset Boulevard, which is one of the most famous streets out here in L.A., and it's a massive house. It, just ask any Starline tour group where Michael's house is, and they'll all point you in the right well, direction. Well, and also, if you call 911, don't they just know where you're calling from? Like, isn't that the deal? If you call them, can't they figure out where you are? Yeah, I think there's tracking devices on cell phones where they can know exactly where you're at. Yeah, I think they developed that right after the Victrola. I don't really know that that's uh, like cutting-edge 21st century technology. He seems unbelievable in a whole lot of ways. Yeah, and the whole CPR on the bed and his excuse. Well, it was a firm mattress. What? Yes. A doctor knows that you don't do CPR on the bed, especially a cardiac specialist. What do you make of this uh, story of his that he was doing CPR one-handed? So he had like a hand underneath Michael Jackson and then he had a hand on top of him. And so it, it was basically he was like fluffing him up like a pillow, basically, but not quite as effectively. I mean, the, the guy, it just seems very um, suspicious to me. It yeah, seems to a be a transparent it. falsehood in my, in my estimation. And the fact that he just kind of disappeared after Michael died and uh, cops had to go track him down. Right. I'm sorry, you don't run if, you, if you're worried about being in trouble. Yeah, it just, uh, the whole thing is just, it just seems to be unspooling like a, uh, like a, bad, uh, like a bad bunch of yarn. Uh, it, what else is, is happening that we need to be uh, apprised of today? Well, I think the other thing that really caught my attention yesterday is how Joe Jackson came out and he was doing this press conference. And then he's like pimping out his record label. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, we had the audio of, was this at the BET uh, Awards? Is that, or is that something separate where he was talking? He had some friend of his and he's like, and I'm very sad about my son passing away. But on to my friend Ted, who has a Blu-ray DVD company. (laughs) Shares are available. Also, I'm Michael Jackson's father. Please send me your money. Yeah, he did it. At, he did it there, and then again yesterday, he pulled together a press conference, and literally the press conference had no point whatsoever. And he just kind of <laughs> rambled on for a little while, and then he brought up, "Oh, and my record label." I'm like, "What are you doing? Your son died, and you're pimping your record label every chance that you get." There was a, there was something that we heard from that press conference where. We made the comment that it sounded like he had just looked up his own kid's entry in Wikipedia because it was it was like he was reading just like the most obvious bullet point. And Michael made records which were enjoyed by many people. And, and at one point, I think he actually said, and Michael did lots to help the blind. And it was... It was like Michael had become uh, like one of the honorary apostles uh, or something. At Good least when, when Janet spoke, you could tell there was emotion in her voice, and she was having a hard time making through it, and, you know, she really loved her brother. And then Joe's like, my cash cow is gone. Yeah, seriously. I will now have to find an actual job, which is the true tragedy of all of this. Never mind. I'm getting his children. Oh, good God almighty. All right, Dax Holt, I know it's a busy week for you, so uh, we will let you go. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. You too. There you go. Dax Holt, you can see him on tele, uh, TMZ television uh, tonight at 1130 on Fox uh, 12. Let me just uh, read this email here. This is regarding the one-handed CPR. This says, the excuse given the doctor for performing CPR on Michael Jackson on the bed is completely bogus. Using one hand with the second hand behind the back is appropriate for infants up to 12 months. After that, the person must be on a hard surface, and usually two hands are used. Even on a small adult like Michael Jackson, it would require two hands um, so the uh, description given by the doctor, this would be exhausting after a very short period of time, like one minute, and would not be effective. Uh, one could put a hard board underneath a person to perform CPR on a bed. That's what we do in a hospital. I don't know why this excuse was. That's true. I mean, he could at least come up with some sort of uh, better story to be floating. Um, he says, additionally, there's no way for the doctor to know if the CPR was effective, especially considering the setup described. The gold standard for determining effective CPR is to determine if a pulse is present. Usually CPR does not produce a palpable pulse, so a uh, Doppler, which is like 
I guess that's a thing. Uh, is that like the uh, is that is it like a blood pressure cuff or something? It says unless the doctor had additional hands we don't know about, this arrangement would be impossible. Finally, considering that he had CPR performed on him for at least an hour by actual trained responders, it would be reasonable to assume he had broken ribs. Uh, I would expect after an hour of CPR, which is expensive for him to have many broken ribs. So there you go. So it seems um, implausible to put it uh, politely. Uh, straight ahead, we have more news from your personal savior, Tim Riley. Also, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from Siena Radio, New York. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Cinematical. And at 8.20, Jim Roop from Siena Radio, Los Angeles. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is Tuesday morning. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Our phone lines are open. <laughs> Caller 10 gets my seed. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Indeed, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this glorious Tuesday morning for the good people of Portland? Anyone cover the legal fireworks in Happy Valley is not going to be happy. They're going to be severely punished with a $1,000 fine. It'll be a valley of pain, Tim. Should some screaming kids have been thrown off a TriMet bus? Yes. Yes. The mom says no. TriMet says they're sorry. TriMet's crazy. The mom says they're little angels. Mm-hmm. So you, they, you can pay me enough money in the world to be a TriMet driver. <laughs> No. I mean, any punishment <laughs> dealt by a trauma driver is more than deserving. I mean, really, just you, you, at least we can understand uh, where, I mean, if you've ever ridden any of the, if you've ridden TriMet and you've had perhaps uh, some sort of uh, confrontational or a quasi unpleasant encounter with anybody who might work for that organization, you can at least understand where that frustration comes from. The uh, The point of origination there is no mystery at all. All right, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello to you, sir. How's it going? Well, I do see that Bernard Madoff will be uh, eligible to get out of jail when he's 221, so he's got... I mean, so it's not like he's uh, never going to get out. He's got that going for him, at least. 150 years. Was that, uh, that was like the absolute most they could give him, right? Absolutely, and obviously the judge wanting to send a message out there to uh, anybody who would uh, even consider taking people's money and uh, using it for, uh, you know, for their own uh, benefit, you know? Please tell me that he had the gall to apologize. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. <laughs> Why? I mean, what is, the, what is the point of that? Why would you bother to apologize after they've given you, you're 71 and they've given you 150 years in jail? At that point, you ought to just go for style points and just ratchet up, uh, you know, the bastard factor on it. He said, I'm sorry. I, he said, I know that uh, sorry won't help, but I'm sorry. Uh, I never intended to cause harm, but I caused a lot of harm. Uh, he said, I leave behind a legacy of shame. He uh, said that uh, he caused, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, well, he was, he was just, he said he wasn't uh, asking for forgiveness, but in a way it sounded like he was. It, it was kind of odd, but most of the victims that we spoke with outside the courthouse said they didn't buy his apology they felt it wasn't sincere and personally they said it really didn't matter to them what mattered was uh when they were going to get any sort of compensation well that i mean and from whom would they be compensated i mean in other words like that this is a dumb question where did all that that money that that he took and i forget how i mean it's billions right i mean it's yeah where did it go where's it at well, that's the thing. Uh, they're still investigating. They're still trying to figure out uh, where all the money went, 
where some of it is still if it's not uh, if it's not already spent by other people. Because you got to remember, he took money from new investors and used it to pay old investors when they requested withdrawals, you know, from their accounts. So there's this other issue uh, of some a group of uh, Madoff victims wanting to sue others because they say the money that they were given was was not uh, theirs to have. God, what a what a weird. I mean, I want to call it a hiccup because it, it sounds like I'm diminishing it, but I'm just saying it. You know, just you know, in the grand scheme of of human existence, it's just the they would take the oddest detours uh, as you know as as a people. We really do, and just the fact that there was some guy just sitting over there on the sidelines for the last however many years, quietly siphoning away like forty zillion dollars. I mean, it makes you wonder what is going on out there right now that we're not aware of that will come to light in you know like the next uh, you know two decades or so. There's some guy out there, you know, the, 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 you know, who's uh, the, the busy doing the same thing, and we're not really going to be uh, be aware of it. It's just a, it's a strange it's a strange existence we lead here. Steve. You know what was really interesting about his statement? You know, he really didn't offer us any insight into into why or how he could do this because you got to remember, you know, for more than uh, I don't know, 15 years, something like that, he was doing this, taking people's money. And uh, instead of investing it, using it to pay off others because he couldn't get the returns that he promised, and he's made some statement about the more uh, the, the the more I tried to get out, the deeper I got in. So at at what at what point did he realize I'm not going to get out of this, and and why did he continue on? And it's and it's like, and what is the line of demarcation? In terms of when it occurred to him that it might be going poorly, it's like, it's like we always talk about Walter Hudson, who's that guy who was twelve hundred pounds. Right. They had to take out with a forklift, and you know, you wonder if like, okay, I'm two hundred pounds, I'm three hundred pounds. Holy f, I'm eleven 1, hundred pounds. I mean, it's the, that is a thing that takes some takes some doing. So it is with this guy stealing billions of dollars. I mean, you wonder if like maybe once he was I don't know like four hundred million in the hole or something. If he thought now, hold on, this is going poorly. Maybe I should reverse my financial strategies. Yeah, I mean. He knew at some point he was going to, he had to know years and years ago that he was going to have to answer for this, right? So why perpetuate it? Why continue it and cause it to grow? He was taking on new clients right up until the end. You know, Julie, just just to get chutzpah points, he ought to offer to take on clients now. You know what I mean? He'll be like, look, uh, I'm going to have time. I'm not going to be going anywhere. Uh, I mean, I'll be able to focus exclusively on you. Bernie Madoff is still in business. Bring me your money. Maybe that's what he'll do when he's in the federal penitentiary. He'll teach others how to uh, invest. You know, here's, and here's the thing I don't get. I mean, I know that he was, you know, robbing from Peter to pay Paul, as they say, because he was, you know, he was losing money in one hole and trying to fill it up with money from another hole. But... But but it's not like the guy was destitute. I mean, they caught him. I think trying to send off of, you know the whole pile of cash to his relatives or something. At a certain point, wouldn't you figure you're just gonna, especially if you know it's going badly, aren't you just gonna pull the ripcord and just uh, run to Fiji or something? You know, just get yourself a new face, a new name, put on a wacky mustache, and go live in a hut somewhere. Yeah, and and you know he was trying to. It's also interesting that he waited until he was seventy-one years old. You know, maybe yeah. He thought, yeah, okay, I don't have much left, uh, much time left in my life. They wouldn't send an old guy to prison. <laughs> or maybe he felt okay. You know, I've I've lived a full life now. Maybe you know, maybe he didn't want to do it in, in, when he was sixty because he felt I've got so much life ahead of me. You know, <laughs> yes, the I've got so much to live for. Like, uh, you know, like Taco Thursdays. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, my friend, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 648. 
It's only going to be in the 80s today, but 90s tomorrow and for three days after that. So Wait, wait a minute. So today is Tuesday. 80s. So it's going to be a 90 tomorrow, which is Wednesday, yes. and then three days after that. Yes. Right, so it's going to, so it'll actually awesome. cool down as soon as I leave town. Yes. All right. So uh, today's the big day that the American troops will leave the Iraqi cities and lead them to themselves. So let's see if they kill each other. I'm sure that's, yeah, I'm sure that's going to work out well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so people are celebrating about that. Seems like such a stable part of the region. I, uh, I can't imagine that things are going to go, uh, go badly. Swimmingly. Yeah. Well, things are going to be different this year. We, if you get caught with illegal fireworks in the town of Happy Valley. They're going to cut off your hands. You won't be happy. You're going to get a mandatory instant $1,000 fine as part of the Zero Tolerance Happy Valley plan. Jeez. Last year, when the new ordinance about illegal fireworks was issued, residents might have received a first-time warning. No warnings this time. Police feel the rule, uh, well, it wasn't helping. There are reports that show weeks surrounding the 4th of July have the most reports of illegal fireworks. No. They must be stopped. Really? Was there actually a report put out that said that? <laughs> there was a report. Hold on. You're going a million miles an hour. Let me understand. The report says that around the 4th of July, no. that's when they find that some of these illegal fireworks are being used. I thought it was Christmas. No, no. no. Fourth right. of July. Okay. Oh. Just apparently, I just wanted to clear that up. A surplus of monies in Happy Valley with which you can uh, engage in this sort of research. So, how? Do, here's a dumb question: What is an illegal firework? And I know that that's one that is against the law. But I mean, what makes it illegal? Does it say? Is there any sort of? In other words, how would you know if the fireworks you have, uh, presuming that uh, you know, I, would, I guess there'd be a warning on the side if they're actually illegal. Fun. Well, I mean, if they're enjoyable in any way, that's the. Although I guess, I mean, unless somebody gave them to you, which seems unlikely, you probably had to go buy them, uh, you know, somewhere else. So that's how you would know they're illegal. I guess if you didn't buy them within the city limits. Although, are the fireworks regulations, are those the same? Is that a statewide thing or is it citywide? In other words, could fireworks that are legal in one part of Oregon be illegal somewhere else? Well, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like I, they're only illegal in Happy Valley. Yes. Now, see, I thought that maybe just the enforcement was going to be different. Maybe. In Happy Valley. I mean, there are fewer hmm. cops who enforce illegal fireworks. Here's a dumb question. Happy Valley. What is uh, I don't know where that where is. Where is Happy Valley? And don't tell me it's where Sally Kellerman makes ranch dressing. It's past uh, Malala. So, in Milwaukee. Malala. But, I mean, is it a county? It's no, not. A, it's, is a, it a, it's a place. It's a state of mind. Yes, it is. So is it Happy Valley, Oregon? Do we carry it around yes, in our Happy head? Happy Valley, Oregon. Do we carry it with us like the Sioux carried the Sioux Nation with them wherever they went, Tim? There are a bunch of uh, McMansions over there. They're huge houses. But, I mean, is there a sign saying, like, yes. now entering Happy, Happy Valley? Valley? Yes. And then you are leaving Happy Valley at a certain point? Yes. Is it on Which a map? out of it. Yes, it is. Is it a geographically defined area as quantified by Oregon? I believe so, yes. Are you making all this up? I don't know. You're asking me too many questions. <laughs> I'm trying to work my way through the questions. If I keep pushing you, I'm... will you snap? <laughs> will I you never... crack? No, no. Hold on. I'm looking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Wikipedia Happy right, Valley. Fastest... If I haven't snapped yet. Hold on here. It's Let's one of the see. fastest growing cities in in Oregon. So it's a city. Yes, it was officially incorporated in 1965. It remained a small community until the late 90s. I'm looking here. Happy Valley is a city in Clackamas County, Oregon. Yes. Uh, the population is 4,500. All right. Mm. It was. Wow, it was originally called Christilla. Well, that sounds like some sort of. Doesn't Christilla sound like some sort of, like an all powerful uh, lizard that kicks over Tokyo and then saves you uh, and transports you to heaven? Lake Oswego was called Sucker Lake. Sucker Lake, really? Yeah, they changed the name of it to attract people. But I mean, Christilla? Christilla. Doesn't that sound like. Blessed are those who believe in me! And then just stomp, stomping on skyscrapers. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. <laughs> We're getting closer uh, to the holiday, aren't we? I mean, I'm just sort of picturing a giant lizard sitting at the table flanked by the Twelve Apostles, you know, and 
Lesson of the peacemakers. Who wants to hear from Lou Ferrigno? Me. I knew you would. He was on Larry King last night, and he is another friend of mine. It's funny, Michael Jackson has all these friends who don't know each other. Have you noticed that? Mm. Michael Jackson, well, look, as if yesterday's stories are any indication, it seems that Michael Jackson traveled in disparate uh, and often completely unrelated circles. But all these friends who say their friends know nothing about him. And uh, this friend is uh, Lou Ferrigno. He said, uh, well, he was training Michael Jackson to be what? I don't know. Hold on. Let's uh, check the generation gap here. Sarah, do you know who Lou Ferrigno is? Isn't he the Incredible Hulk? Yes. Good for you. How do you know that? Tim found the oh, bell. Oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake to put that I'm over there. I'm taking the bell away from me. Ah, it's going to end poorly. Uh, Somebody the, left the bell over here. I have to use it. <laughs> How do you know that? I don't know. I've worked on a pop culture show with you for some. Okay, years. no, fair enough. <laughs> Which one is that? All right, no, no, no. This is, uh, I guess, working here is sort of a crash course and such things. All right. That's true. What did Lou Ferrigno have to say? He says, uh, while training Michael Jackson for whatever he was training for, his health was not a big concern of his. I've trained him on and off for 15 years, but when I saw him a few months ago, he looked fantastic. The way he moved, I worked with him different exercises, and I've never seen him look better. What was he training him for? I don't know. He was his friend. That's a good question, actually. What would Lou for? What and would he the, looked amazing. What would the? I mean, I've never seen him look so beautiful. Clearly, wasn't a dialect coach. So, I mean, what would? What is it that Lou Ferrigno would be teaching Michael Jackson to do? I guess to uh, rip to off his clothing and more stamina for a fifty concert show. I get. Well, you know, he's a bodybuilder, so I mean, that, I guess that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, another good friend, Mike Brando. Did you see this guy? This is not this is this Marlon Brando's kid. I don't know that for a fact. We'll have to look that up. Anyway, he's been uh, one of Michael Jackson's people for the longest time, and uh, he said yes. Michael Jackson would have wanted his children to be in his grandmother's care. I think that's the right thing. I think he would have wanted his mother to do it. She was yeah. I think that's a, that was a, a good move. You know, the kids know obviously know her, feel comfortable. Wait, this is who? At the family house. Where Michael Brando. Up, so it's a comfort environment. Some guy from the local delicatessen has this to say. Uh, by the way, Greg just typed on the screen, Happy Valley is nowhere near Malala. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I got lost on my way out. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, straight ahead, more from Tim Riley at the news desk later on. Don Taylor from Cinematical will be here to talk about Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Out on DVD now, you kids. Uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles joining us and so forth. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO Portland. All right, so now I'm just looking up all this Parker Lewis can't lose trivia. Some in this room would argue that any fact about Parker Lewis can't lose is by definition trivia. It was even on the air in Uruguay and Poland. Really? Yes. Is it just now getting on the air in Poland? I guess so. That a hot new release? Probably so. Was it Poland you were talking about? Was it were the things that are from like 14 years ago or you know part of the brand new fall lineup? Yes. Welcome to Poland up front. <laughs> this. <laughs> Today we launch brand new show, My Little Margie. All right, there you go. And they have translations, and the models are done, but the dialogue keeps going. <laughs> it's just, and it, and where everything. It's like Baywatch. <laughs> the, uh, I'm looking here, by the way, at, at the uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose thing. I forgot uh, uh, that, what's his name? Um, uh, Corin Nemec was on, he was on Stargate, and then Billy, Billy Jane, Billy Jane, uh, the guy who played Billy, uh, uh, the guy who played Mikey. Uh, Billy Jane was actually not only on um, Silver Spoons, but he was, wait, 
He starred opposite Patricia Arquette in, quote, the Girl with the Crazy Brother, directed the girl by... with the Crazy Brother. I'm reading this directly off his Wikipedia entry, which, I mean, maybe it's not true, but I suspect it is. He starred opposite Patricia Arquette in The Girl with the Crazy Brother, directed by Diane Keaton. Billy portrayed a schizophrenic trying to cope with life. Apparently, in preparation for this role, he lived with a real schizophrenic. So there you go. Now, now See, you know. He committed. Knowing is committed. Uh, knowing is half the battle. All right. Uh, it's 503-228-4101 coming up at 720. We'll talk to Don Taylor from Cinematical at 820. We'll talk to Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. We will uh, take this opportunity, by the way, before we plunge on ahead, uh, to give away a pair of tickets to see the Creature from the Black Lagoon restored 35-millimeter print in 3D at the Hollywood Theater. It starts this Friday, July 3rd at the Hollywood Theater. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the 1954 3D classic. It has been uh, restored and apparently has just been... Uh, apparently it's just a beautiful uh, print of it, and it hasn't been seen in 3D, I mean, really in wide release for, I mean, God, for probably 40 years, something like that. So if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, you will win a, a pair of tickets to see Creature from the Black Lagoon this Friday at the Hollywood Theater, July 3rd. I think it's actually running for... Something like a 10 days or whatever. Oh, by the way, Greg just typed on the screen that Happy Valley is, in fact, nowhere near Malala, Tim. I was uh, confusing it with Milwaukee. There are too many M towns around here. Well, we've got I get them all confused. This email for clarification says, about Happy Valley, my friend grew up in Happy Valley. His brother is a TV evangelist, and his parents have a square of carpet that is the fighting square they stand in when they argue. <laughs> he also had a maid he used to chastise for watching soap operas instead of dusting the chandeliers. See, they're your people, uh, Tim. All right, at the uh, news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. 707, we're getting closer to the holiday weekend. It's only going to be the 80s today, but 90s tomorrow, 90s the next day, and 90s the day after that. So a mother and her kids got kicked off a TriMet bus, two stops short of their destination. It's because one of the kids wouldn't stop crying. So now she's complaining. She says she took the kids shopping at uh, Target. When they were done, they hopped aboard a bus for a one-mile ride to Max Station. But the uh, 20-year-old, 20-year-old, 20-month-old son, Anthony, wasn't happy about that. He started crying and crying and crying wouldn't stop. Finally, the bus driver pulled over and kicked them all off. To the uh, annoyance of all the other passengers, I'm sure. I'm sure, yes. Please bring those crying children back here. So she complained to TriMet. And uh, TriMet always tries to do the politically correct thing that says TriMet aims to be family friendly, whatever that means. And what the driver did was not okay. By whom? Well, you would think that all the other passengers would get together and just cook up some sort of an alibi. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, I mean, you know, if you, if, you thought, if you thought it was going to be a problem, I mean, that's what the guy should have done. He should have just booted her off the bus, and then afterward, he should have just said, look, I'm going to need to come up with a cover story uh, for this. So if, and, and be, you know, and it would be like Murder on the Orient Express, where they can all be in on it together, uh, where he could just say, look, if anybody should ask, uh, the baby was a pickpocket. They, <laughs> I was going to go with swine flu, but okay, pickpocket, sure. I like the pickpocket baby. There you go. And it just look, if anybody... The mother taught him young. If, any, if, if anybody... That's just that's just being said as a satiric flight of fancy, that's of course. Correct, yes. Not implying that they're, uh, that they're felons or criminals in any way. Correct. What is this? She's a mother of three? Yes. Riding trimet? No, no, no. Uh, I'm sure that she's an upstanding citizen. 
All evidence indicates that she lives her life on the straight and narrow, Tim. Mm-hmm. So, and, and she shops at Target. And makes right choices in all aspects of her life. She does. She chooses. She's a wonderful woman. Yes, indeed. And she's very thrifty riding TriMet. She saves a lot. She reduces her carbon footprint. <laughs> As we all should. Is the carbon footprint is the... Uh, Bring all the crying kids aboard. Ride TriMet. So I'm it's just, family friendly. You know, so once she gets booted off, he should have said, look, if anybody comes to ask you about this, the kid was pickpocketing, he had to go. Are we... Do we all understand each other? Great. Free transfers for all. All right. TriMet says it's possible the driver could face some discipline. Yeah, but not very much. Not really much. All right. there. Because nobody really puts that up in the TriMet as sort of an endorsement for riding it. You know what I mean? They always say, well, it's it's ease of transportation. You don't have to worry about the traffic yourself, and you can relax, and it's air-conditioned. Nobody says, plus, you'll be sit next to a, you know, you'll sit next to a yowling infant. Seriously, right. like, it's like, public transportation. Like, it's a public space. All people are well-dressed, wearing stylish suits, and they're all quiet. <laughs> they're always on their best behavior. And they all wear deodorant. That's exactly. It's, oh. like, it's like a ride through Pleasantville. That's what TriMet is. <laughs> Max is the same thing. You will never, ever, ever sit, uh, end up sitting next to a man who is eating cheese corn out of a plastic bag and then screaming. Scratching his crotch and sniffing his fingers. That'll never happen. Enjoy the ride with runway models all the way to Gresham. That's what TriMet's all about. Those Excellent. are the kind of clientele we attract. Straight ahead, Don Taylor from Cinematical will be uh, joining us right here. And uh, more hilarity will ensue. And so forth. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Coming up at 820, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, it's a tongue. Where you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. Sex me. Listen online, live or via podcast at KUFO.com. It is the Rick Emerson Show, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, at 820, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to Jim Roop from CNN Radio, Los Angeles. All right, so for the second week in a row, Tim Riley has just uh, produced from out of nowhere a toolbox and has just gone to work on some part of the studio. So I think it was last week that he, uh, he suddenly whipped out an electric screwdriver and just took this dry erase board off the back wall because we kept catching. You, you would walk by it, and it would gouge uh, your arm or your hand or something, and all of us had maimed ourselves on it. And there was a large wood panel here down by my feet that was threatening to sort of fall down and, you know, and, and strike everybody in the shins. And so, really, it was like... It was like on the Warner Brothers cartoons or something when, like, uh, you know, like the Roadrunner would just suddenly pull a huge mallet out from nowhere. It, Tim just goes, look at this. And there's a, the massive tool chest that was just produced. And Tim immediately, Don't make me go out and get the toolbox. Tim immediately <laughs> went to work on this wood panel down here, which is now fixed. Well done, Tim. You bet. Is somebody, Always call a landlord if you want to get something done. Is somebody angling for an engineering job? Oh, no, I'm not angling for anybody's job. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. You can, you can rest assured I am happy with what I have. <laughs> Okay, he says with a peculiar kind of intensity. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Everson Show from Cinematical, our good friend Don Taylor, joining us now. Hello, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. You, you guys, uh, you stole my my whole bit I was going to do though about like the Parker Lewis trivia. I have like 23 pages 
of Parker Lewis trivia here. I just in, that it, I was going to share with you. Is there really that much trivia about Parker Lewis? Well, yeah, uh, the guy who played Kubiak, for example. Not only was he on every single episode of ER, he is the descendant of President William Henry Harrison. Why do you know this? <laughs> I did my research. Excellent. Uh, Cornemic, who played Parker Lewis, he has a glass eye from a grouse hunting accident when he was a child. And he's a Scientologist. And hot. Wait a minute. Hold on. This is, we have to take these things one at a time. He has a glass eye? Yes. So the, if you watch the show, can you see? Is it like the Sandy, uh, Sandy Duncan, Sandy Dennis? I can never tell more, them apart. More like uh, Sammy Davis Jr., really. It, just, it kind of drifts. We, we've had this. No, no, no. But see, that wouldn't be a glass eye, though. Sure, a glass right. eye doesn't drift around, does it? Well, Wait, is it a wonky eye or is it a glass? Like, is it a fake eye or a real eye that just kind of... Well, glass would glass imply eye. fake, I think. So it's fake. Yeah. The uh, I think it's fake. Yeah. So, wait a minute. But the the, uh, the actual, the title, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, is an anagram for lewd carp-like cantaloupe. That's a thing we're not going to discuss further. We're going to jump back onto the glass eye business. Okay, I made that I'm up. obsessed with the Do people take them I off before they go to that bed? Up. Well, that's... Okay, I have all these questions. Who has a glass eye? Anybody? Not me. Not I. Don? No. Greg? I Glass wish. Eye? All right. The, the I wish. You know, that's the thing that we're going to, that's the thing that we're going to quote back to you as you're laying in the hospital in like three hours after you walk in the street and a bow and arrow uh, wielding maniac just strikes you right in the eye. And you, I and that will be the one shining part of that thing is I'll be able to say, well, at least now I can finally have that glass eye. Friends say that she wished for a glass eye. Now her wish has come true. Um, okay. I, I made up the part about the glass. Okay. I made up all of it because I don't have any Parker Lewis trivia, but Wait, I, are you telling I, me he doesn't have a glass no, eye? No, he doesn't have a Well, he might. I, I don't think he actually I completely does. believed you. I, I had know. this whole list of glass eye related questions that I, I was going to ask. I am very believable. All right. Well, I'm just going to go through these one at a time anyway. Okay, Tim, Sandy Dennis, Sandy Duncan. Help help a brother out. What's the, Sandy what? Dennis Wheat Thins. Sandy Duncan. Sandy Duncan Wheat Thins and Glass Eye. Oh, Sandy no. Dennis. No, 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 Sandy no, Dennis stop. up the broad, the, the, oh, my, oh, no, my, ruining my it brain is going to explode. No, see, you've just, you've, but you've muddied the waters now because Tim, Tim knew them apart and now he doesn't because you brought in the Wheat Thins commercial, which is, which is now the blurred everything. <laughs> Sarah, Sandy Dennis, Sandy Duncan. I don't know who either of those people are. Okay. One was a bulimic. Am I picking which I like best? Am I just trying to randomly figure out which one has a glass eye? Who had the bulimic? Everyone, Stop. Sandy Dennis is one person. I believe Sandy Duncan is another person. One had a glass eye and advertised wheat thins. The other was bulimic and probably didn't advertise wheat thins or didn't enjoy the product. Uh, product anyway. So, all right, who is who? Sandy Duncan had the glass eye. Played Peter Pan on Broadway. Did the wheat thins commercial. Sandy who? Dennis up the down staircase. Broadway actress. I don't know about the bulimia. Okay, but... so Sandy Duncan replaced Valerie Hogan. Uh, yes. Valerie Harper on the uh, on, the, on Hogan the, family. the Hogan family, yes. which then just became the Hogans. Yes. Okay. Wow, that was really that was. You have no idea, or maybe you do, how much that was actually troubling me uh, just now. That was really causing me a whole lot of agita, as they say. There's a punk band called Sandy Duncan's Glass Eye. That is awesome. That is the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Sandy okay. Sandy Duncan's Glass Eye. I got a. Uh... <laughs> okay, I have a glass eye question. So. Oh. No, when you get a glass eye, though, do you have to aim it every now and again like a headlight? Or does it, I mean, does it, does it... Do you clean it with Windex? I think if it fits properly, the actual muscles around your eye socket move it around like a regular That's eye. That's a lie. That's not true. You're completely like, making that up. 
I well does that because otherwise every single person who has a glass eye, you'd look at them and you go, "Hey, glass eye." What would be the point? You might as well just wear the patch. That's true. And if people can pop out their glass eye, but they can still move it, how is it actually attached? How would your? No, that doesn't make any sense. How would the muscles in your eye be able to move a glass eye around? Well, your eyes don't move because of like the the stalks that 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 send the visual information. They move because of the muscles in your face that are around your eye. That's like saying if you lose your hand and I just stick a hook into the end of your your stump, can't you can you maneuver mo- the hook. No, I don't think. I mean, you can move your arm, but you can't move the hook. But if you attach a hook, say to your thumb socket, you could still move it around like a thumb. I don't know that that's true, though. I see. I think you might be making that up. I don't know that that's the case. Hmm. Because because that requires the muscles inside your actual thumb. Yes, you're. Yeah, well, if you. Right, if but you she doesn't have. A, a, but she doesn't have an I mean, eye. The eye is gone. But the eye is not the muscle. The eye. The eyeball itself is not a muscle. It's the thing inside the socket that's being moved about. Yeah, it's not moving independently. Uh... If like you popped out an eye and it was still like alive and you laid it on the counter, it wouldn't wobble around all on its own. Wow, thanks. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Oh. Thanks so much. <laughs> the eye is alive. <laughs> Now, I'm just picturing like a bad Peter Cushing hammer film. <laughs> the eye is just creeping along the counter, you know. All I'm picturing is the eye and the fortune cookie and it. Uh, it's see, like a sequel to Michael Caine's The Hand. See, and just, then I was. the eyeball that just. And when you talked about putting the eye in the countertop, I was conflating that in my head with that scene in Poltergeist where the steak is crawling along the uh, the counter by itself. All right, let's. Let's. Let's put a pin in this. That's the wrong way to use, to use that phrase, but you know what I mean. So there's that. Okay. Final thing about no. the glass eye. No, no, no. I'm just saying, if you have a glass eye, Tim, Tim, Tim raises a valid point. Do you have to take that out when you sleep? Like, do you have to? Do you have to like? Don't look at me. I don't know. I mean, did we putting eye drops in that thing all the time to keep it uh, like uh, moist, moist or lubricated? Yeah. Or is, something? It, is it like dentures? You put it like in a little thing with a fizzy tablet to 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 just sitting to there like it. just sitting there in a glass full of streaming <laughs> bubbles. Yeah. Don't mind you don't swallow the eye. All right, I'm reminded of that Rule Dull book, uh, The Twits, uh, where it's just the uh, the old horrible couple that just uh, are cruel to each other all the time. And there's that that chapter where Mrs. Twit puts her glass eye in the bottom of his beer, and he gets to the that bottom. That scarred me when I was younger. I'm always keeping an eye on you. That's awesome. I love The Twits. Uh, I actually I read a whole chapter of The Twits uh, uh, out loud as uh, one of my uh, oral finals for the uh, my voice and articulation class. I read somewhere uh, that Peter Falk used because he lost his eye when he was a kid, no. and so he used to he used to screw with the other kids with his glass eye. I knew. I had a friend of mine uh, who his whole. I don't know if you ever got it done, but his whole his life's goal was to get like a like a glass eye type thing, but not an eye. It was just going to have a huge happy face on it. You can get those. You can get the little sclera, uh, whatever they're called, uh, fake uh, uh, contact lens things now, and you get one that looks. And they you can actually get usable. You can look through them. Uh, contact lenses now and you can get a happy face you get like a little eight ball you can get all oh, that kinds is of so things. ghetto <laughs> all right hold on a second so we've got uh, people are clarifying the glass eye business all right, hold on. <laughs> your, re- your your listeners just are awesome it really is now it is uh, together we know all hello uh, sir or madam as the case may be pleased to uh, be discussing glass eyes hello hello hi yes yeah uh, yeah, a guy I work with got a glass eye, and when he does put it in, in the he has to put it in in the morning when he wakes up. But it does move when he looks around. So this is a, so it's a plastic. I mean, we say glass eye euphemistically, but it is a plastic uh, a artificial eye. He puts in, and then it moves kind of in conjunction with his other eye. Um, kind of, sort of. I mean, the muscles in his eye socket cause it to move, but not like his other eyeball does. So it has a limited range of motion. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. 
there's a silicone pouch that they surgically implant behind where his eye used to be, and so it actually doesn't fall back further into his socket. Because <laughs> otherwise, then you then hold on a second. No, my eye's fallen back into my skull again. Hold on, boy, am I? Oh, uh, hold on a second. I uh, who has a coat hanger? Wow, that's just awkward. All right, uh, excellent. Well, not, I mean, less so for me. All right, excellent. Thank you for the clarification, sir. Yep, no problem. Right, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, there you go. Sarah's looking a little green right now. Well, I'm just saying that's a thing I, I never. Can we move forward? Maybe it's green with envy. I never, uh, I never thought about though that you would have to put some. You'd have to basically have like a, uh, you know, it's like having a net at the, at the, you know, under the trapeze act. You basically have to have something there to to make sure you don't, uh, like you know, that you don't lose it. It's exact. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So. Hello, Sarah. How are you today? All right. Tim Riley, what uh, headlines are we uh, tracking on this glorious Tuesday morning? Well, Farrah Fawcett's jailbird son will be released for a few minutes today to attend her funeral. A cross-dressing clown robs a Boulder beer emporium. And a South Dakota man is arrested for attempting to rob a hotel with a butter knife. Excellent. All right. Plus, uh, we will discuss the things that are out on DVD today, including but not limited to Parker Lewis Can't Lose and uh, Season 1 of Eastbound and Down. That's when we return uh, with Don Taylor from Cinematical. You are listening to The Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy. Oh, my God, I thought you were going to say nipples. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up next hour at 820, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Uh, he'll be joining us from uh, Los Angeles. Here in just a, uh, a few moments, uh, we'll talk to Don Taylor and find out uh, what else is coming out on uh, DVD. There's a whole, a, a whole passel of things. Let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, and then at some point... Some point today, uh, before the end of the program, uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And I, I read these yesterday. I'll just read them again today verbatim because they're better than anything I could come up with. Featuring wrestling, amazing circus stunts, and a fist fight. Live at the Wonder Ballroom July 7th. So we'll be giving those away. Don't call now, but at some point today. Let's uh, pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, 740. It's going to be sunny today, high stay ready. Clamming into the 90s tomorrow and staying there for the next three days. One in three Oregon high school students drops out, never finishes. Well done. There are no numbers showing what they do for a living after they quit. The lowest graduation rates are reported at Woodburn's Reynolds High School and Klamath Falls, both at 52%. Oh, Portland Citywide is 56%. That's citywide. David Douglas, 62%. The uh, best ones, believe it or not, most kids graduate from Scappoose High School, 91%. Uh, West Lynn Wilsonville has 89%, and Lake Oswego, 87%. Now, but, with, but, but the deal is with, with the Portland schools, schools just uh, like here in Metro Portland, do they, they don't break it out by school, no, though, it's, right? it's just an average. Well, that's frustrating. I want to know where all the deadbeat kids are at. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I mean, I think <coughs> Cleveland, they, I mean, it just sort of... Roosevelt. I mean, it does seem, it seems evident, but I'd like to have, look, I'd, I'd just like to have all my preconceived notions clarified and supported by fact. That's really what I'm saying here. So Nathaniel Acuff risks his life pulling an alleged drunk driver from his flaming wreckage on Highway 22. Acuff saw the uh, blazer rollover burst into flames, went into hero mode, pulling the alleged drunk driver out of the inferno. Uh, 
the latest from Michael Jackson. TMZ reports Michael Jackson is not, not the biological father of any of his children. That's any of his children. And Debbie Rowe is not the biological mother of the two kids she bore for Michael. Wait a minute. So, wait a minute. Well, we all figured that... We figured that that, that third kid, because the deal with the third kid is that, that that's that's like the mystery mom, right? That nobody knows who the mystery mom is. Mystery mom. Mm-hmm. Is that blanket? But that's the, that, Michael that's too. the dangly yeah, that, baby. Yeah, that's, that's the... And so, but, but the story was that it was Michael's... Sperm. That was used uh, to create the male half of the kids, and that Debbie Rowe was the biological mother of the first two. No. But now, so they... Wait a minute. So it was somebody else's... Sperm. And somebody else's... I you know like the word egg in this context just rubs me the wrong way. It really does. I find it a very very disconcerting word, and I think I speak for Sarah on that front too. No, I don't like eggs. Especially remember that uh, we there was that <laughs> there was that book that uh, that somebody sent us. We were talking about it earlier in the show. It was the, uh, the I can't believe you didn't find it. Where is what did we do with this? It was the most disgusting book ever. Oh, the baby book. Yeah, it's some book on how to get pregnant. But at one point they referred to like and when you should be humping if you want to do the birthing. They have that phrase your basket of eggs. You know, which I just that's oh. a thing I don't need to hear about. Anyway. But so I figured that it was like Debbie Rowe, it was her genetic material, her half of it, and then she, but apparently that's not the case either. None so of them are that ugly. Wait, so. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Blackwell in the house. All right. Um, no, she looks like the lead singer for Erasure, that guy Andy. <laughs> she looks like Andy, is it Andy, Ten- Andy Tennant? Is that his no, name? No, Andy's not that. I can't Andy remember Bell. his last name. Andy Bell. Andy Bell. Who's Andy Tennant? Oh, he's from the Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. I'm sorry, I'm confusing my synth pop acts. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that she looked like Roddy Piper in a dress, uh, which is also true. And if you were to just go to TMZ and you look at just the close crop photograph of Debbie Rowe and Michael Jackson, you didn't know anything She's about them or who they were. She, she looks like the guy, though, and he looks like the wife. I mean, they're just, he looks like a lady. Uh, so... She's not the mom, he's not the dad, but she had the kid. Correct. Well, what's the point of that? Why not just why not just stick the kid in the woman who's supplying her half of the genetics? I, I guess you stick the bait, whatever that bait was. You know what? How I much it was? I cannot wait till the surrogate comes out of the woodwork. You know it's going to happen. She's going to be like, "That's my baby." Well, but, no, but, we're going to be talking about this for the next ten years. But the deal is, if it was like, if they went to a sperm bank or something, like they got to they got to keep records on that stuff. All that stuff's got to be on file. Sure, I mean that that baby's been photographed. I'm sure if she gave birth to it, like she's going to recognize the baby. See, I don't see that. I don't buy because she never because they took it. The, the deal is they take it from you as soon as it's born. Oh, because they don't want you to get attached to it because then you file lawsuits and whatever. When lawsuits still happen, but the thing that like if you're a surrogate mom or you're giving the kid up, they don't let you keep it at all. It's like out gone. And sometimes you don't even see it. Well, see, no, Debbie Rowe was the surrogate. The thing is, they're saying that her eggs weren't used, that the, the kids were were conceived. The eggs were fertilized in vitro. They were fertilized outside the womb and then put into Debbie Rowe. So she carried it the just, kids. But they just weren't her they eggs. They weren't her eggs. Well, does that make Michael's her the birth sperm. mother? Yeah, I would think so. Because birth yeah. mother and biological mother then would seem like two different things. She is the birth mother. She's not the biological mother. I think you're, you're starting to get into, like, legal things technicalities at this point i have no idea i thought idea. this was just lady talk that's because <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your delicate areas the uh, well this is because i'm already anticipating the massive number of lawsuits that are going to keep me entertained for the rest of the year they may michael with all of his money though he may very well have managed to to cut a deal where they bought somebody's eggs but the woman had no <laughs> idea how much for your eggs them. but what? she had no idea who was getting them so she, <laughs> that way she can't come after them later 
and try to get the kids. Yeah, but but see, I, and I would think, and she is the surrogate of the first two kids, but not of the third. So the third kid, there was some blanket. secret surrogate. Yeah, there was the some dangling baby. Some, he, he can't say blanket Jackson enough, can you? No. There, <laughs> there was, so there's a secret unknown surrogate for the third Jackson kid, who's also known as Prince Michael the Second. He's a spare prince. So the uh, but but so the do you wonder if Jackson was just growing spare parts for himself? Yes. Was that a thing where he was just like, look, I'm going to need uh, another nose at some point. So, uh, you know, and just uh, sort of growing his own uh, part farm. So, the- which is the uh, plot of uh, My Sister's Keeper. Is that true? Yeah. The younger kid has been genetically engineered to provide parts for the older dying of cancer daughter. And then she gets a little bit older and she's like, I want my own life. This is so confusing. I, well, this is a good opportunity actually <laughs> to segue. Is that released on DVD by any chance? No, that is- <laughs> We can we can segue actually into into movie releases in in, in just one moment. I will say this that the um, so the deal whether it's like a sperm bank or like an egg bank or whatever it's like there's got to be a paper trail of all of that stuff even if it's not public. I mean they can't. I mean there's no way that they would do that without lawyers involved. So that's in a file somewhere. Well, you know he may have done it in Bahrain or something through his uh, oh, that's Saudi true. connections. Done in some other country where they have a lax attitude toward things. That actually makes a lot of sense. Wow, you should start spreading that rumor. <laughs> That she was impregnated like in another country where they don't keep records of these things, which and, actually and is, she has a glass eye. <laughs> the information we will fund in the pyramids. <laughs> okay, hello, Don Taylor. Hiya. Let's talk about DVD uh, releases. Well, um, one of those we talked about earlier, uh, Parker Lewis can't lose is finally actually on DVD. Uh, there are all kinds of legal confluences that caused them to not be able to get it on DVD until today. So that's it, which is interesting because I can't really talk much about Parker Lewis can't lose because as much of a cultural touchstone as apparently the show was, I never saw it. I, uh, the year it was released 1990, I was in culinary school that year. So I was like really busy all the time and then immediately went to work as a chef. And so I was either like working weird hours or sleeping. And it was only on for a couple of seasons. It was like two, maybe, or three. Maybe, it was on okay, for three. three seasons. Yeah, and then it got canceled. So I never watched it. My husband is always like, oh, Parker Lewis can't use. And every time we see that one actor on TV, he's like, it's the coop. And I'm like, well, good for you. So I, but I, I never, but I, I guess I will just say that from uh, the buzz I've heard, this is quite the big deal. People are happy it's on DVD. You know, here's another thing that ought to be on DVD. Uh, and it was really only good for, I think, the first two seasons. And then it just, and then it turned all ass. Uh, Herman. Head, Herman's yeah. Head is a show that they ought to put back. I, I would absolutely buy at least the first season of that when it was good, and then and then it was like they just turned up the suck knob for some reason. Like as soon as they hit, I think the third season, and everything good about the show, and everybody agreed about it at the time is the weird thing. Everyone in the entire country tuned in to watch the third season, I believe it was, of Herman's Head, which is the show that preceded Married with Children, I think, on Sundays or something on, on Fox. But everybody tuned in. They went, mm, no, it's not good anymore. We'll quit, and and we just all stopped watching because it just went bad. So we, that's America, like Parker. Lewis. People still have trouble with that kind of conceptual television, though, because I mean, you've got some really great shows the last few years, like uh, Super Wonderfalls, um, uh, Pushing Daisies. Whenever you get anything that's a little bit kind of Andy Richter controls the universe. Yeah, exactly. Did you say Super Train? Yes, Super, Super Train. Auto Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what people have difficulty embracing. Man from Atlantis. All right. Anyway, also uh, Eastbound and Down uh, first Dude. season on. Go, go get it. Go watch it. Let it's me tell you this. Awesome. It's only six episodes, right? Yeah. The first season. And here's the thing: I am on episode four, and 
I mean, it's it's like you know because you can just you can just sit there and power load it if you have HBO. And I could have finished it so long ago, but it's like a it's like Lara is getting to the end of it. She's reading a book right now, and she's been on the final chapter for like a week. And I'm like, what have you gone soft all of a sudden? Have you just have you have you gone special on me? What you know? Shouldn't you be done with that by now? And she said, well, she's doing what have I you sometimes gone do. Special on me? Well, you know, I mean, she plowed through you know you know the majority of the book in just a couple of days. And I said, and you know, what's up with that? And she said, well, I'm postponing finishing the book because I don't want it to be over, which is which I've actually done sometimes. I'm doing that with Eastbound and Down, where it's only six episodes, but I'm only on the fourth one, which I have not yet watched because it's so good. I don't want the season to be over because God only knows when the second season is going to come out. I mean, it might be announced, but... What's really great about it is that I, uh, I, I started to watch it and I told you that I, it really didn't appeal to me. And part of it for me was that the main character was so just unrelentingly unpleasant. It is an irredeemable slice of humanity. But the thing is, you told me to stick with it and keep watching it. And it's true, because over the course of the six episodes, you actually come to like him. Right. And to really, they somehow manage, he's horrible. Which makes you question all kinds of things about yourself, by the way. But they get you on his side. And it's it's just really, really terrific. I actually worked backward. I saw Observe and Report first. uh, And, you know, my thoughts about that, that it was just just a... freaking masterpiece uh and so i having seen observe and report everybody's like you got to see eastbound and down and then foot fist way which i haven't seen and they're like you got to see everything this guy's done and i went and i watched uh i started watching eastbound and down and, it, and eastbound and down is i mean even if i didn't know it would become very apparent that it's by the same guy jody yeah. hill um and it's i mean it's very very similar where you know observe and report has no one who's likable i mean really in any real sense i mean almost everyone in that movie is awful but by the end of it, you sort of come around and you're on the side of this psychotic, uh, yeah. you know, seemingly, I won't say amoral, but uh, quasi-sociopathic bipolar nutcase, you know? And at the end, you're just like, well, I like him, you know, which is what you do with Eastbound and Down, even though he's just an awful person. And by the way, that guy in Eastbound and Down, I can't. I think I speak for everybody here when I say you watch that and he will remind you of at least a couple people you probably know. You'll oh, be like, yeah. I totally know that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. And the thing about uh, putting something off, I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm, uh, I've am i been powering through uh, Freaks and Geeks again. Oh, the first. Uh, the, yeah. and, and I'm down to now I have like one episode. Left, oh, yeah. And I don't want to watch it because I just, I don't want it to be over because I know yeah. that there's no more. You kids think Alice Cooper's cool, don't you? <laughs> And, and also, just real quick, uh, it's the 20th anniversary of uh, Do the Right Thing. Uh, you know, it's, which and was, it's on Blu-ray. Today. And I was just thinking about that yesterday because, like a lame white guy, I was uh, driving down Broadway in Portland listening to Fight the Power. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, and he it has that line, it starts with, you know, 1989, a number, another summer. And I was like, man, 20 years ago, Fight yeah. the Power is 20 years old. And then I thought, started thinking, do the right thing is 20 years old, which I had, and I never really put that together. And so you, that was actually the night that you emailed me. You're like, hey, fight the power, or, you know, d- uh, do the right thing is coming out on, on Blu-ray. Um, that's a movie I wish I'd seen that I'd seen the theater. I wish I would give anything to go back and see that the week it was first released in the theater, where apparently it just punched people like in the gut. I mean, I guess it was just, I guess it just sucked the air out of the room. It was so, so confrontational. And, Still a uh, great Spike, movie. Spike Lee's third movie, and I think arguably his his very best. It's, it's great. Just... I could I could do without that whole sequence where he's rubbing Rosie Perez with ice cubes, frankly, but I don't know. Because <laughs> I just picture, I feel so good! And I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. All right. Don Taylor, uh, reader at Cinematical, uh, or online at cinemasideshow.com as, uh, as well. All right. Thank you, Don Taylor. Thank you, Mr. Emerson. All right. There you go. 
On that note, straight ahead, more from Tim Riley, the uh, news desk, ladies and gentlemen. Jim Rupel, join us from uh, Los Angeles uh, with more on Michael Jackson. Stay there. We are live from downtown Portland. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! Now, if they just put the whole uh, three-season run of Amen out on DVD, I would be... uh, I'd be all set. It is the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-228-4101. You are listening to Rock 101 KUFO. Coming up at 820, ladies and gentle persons, uh, we'll be talking to Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. That's coming up at uh, 820 today. However, at this very moment, uh, if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, you'll want a pair of tickets to see the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow versus Jake the Snake Roberts. It's happening at the Wonder Ballroom July 7th, 21 and over. If you're there, you'll see wrestling, amazing circus stunts, and a fist fight. Uh, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you get a pair of tickets to see the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow versus Jake the Snake Roberts July 7th at the Wonder Ballroom. Ladies and gentlemen, caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 8.05. It's going to be sunny today. Highs in the 70s and 80s. And then tomorrow, it's going to be in the 90s. And then in the 90s after that, and still after that. The manslaughter trial of the Oregon City couple charged with refusing medical attention for their young daughter is now underway. Carl and Raylene Worthington are charged with criminal neglect, second-degree manslaughter for the death of their child who died of pneumonia, a blood infection, and a cyst on the neck. The parents refused the attention due to their religious beliefs. One in three Oregon high school students drops out. There are no numbers showing what they do for a living once they do quit. Comcast is launching a brand-new broadband Wi-Fi hotspot. Portland is the first city to get this. The service is for laptops and offers speeds up to 4 megabits. Three other cities will get it later this year, but we're the first to get it. That's right, Tim. We are the city of tomorrow today. We certainly are. Now we have the audio tape of the 911 call revealing details about when television pitchman Billy Mays was found dead Sunday in his Florida home. On the tape, Mays' wife is heard describing his condition. I don't know. I just woke up right now and I went and looked at him to roll him over and his lips are all purple. Yeah. Then she told the operator what she was seeing. How old is he? 50. Is he awake? No. Is he breathing? No, when he's cold. Oh, that's really creepy. Oh, that's disturbing. Okay, well, here's something to cheer you up. Authorities in Colorado are looking for an armed cross-dresser who allegedly robbed a liquor store dressed as a clown. Excellent. Is this a clown watch? I guess it is, yes. All right, there's a, here's your ad hoc clown watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you, Jim. This is just to pick me up I needed after the uh, altogether uh, disturbing Billy Mays clip. This will make you happier. A cross-dressing clown reportedly robs a Colorado liquor store. Reportedly. Isn't that the sort of thing that you would... <laughs> Allegedly. That's pretty easily quantifiable, <laughs> I would imagine. Seems kind of like a dinner did not happen. Hold on. He uh, he may have been a street closer. He may have been a cross-dressing clown. I, <laughs> I can't... I always get those confused. When they're looking for an armed cross-dressing clown who allegedly robbed a liquor store dressed as a clown... A Boulder police spokesman, Sarah Huntley, said she got a call from the Boulder Beer Emporium claiming they were just robbed by a clown. Well, they thought that maybe he had come from, it was a college prank, or maybe he'd come from an event where people might be dressing up or something like that. It wasn't until he walked up to the counter and demanded money and showed a pistol that they became concerned. 
Jesus, that would be cause for concern, wouldn't it? I'm sorry, the clown has put a gun in my face. The employees of the uh, Boulder Beer Emporium originally believed there was nothing wrong with the suspected cross-dressing clown. They believe he was a male, and he was dressed in a denim dress, also had what they call clown makeup, white makeup and big red lips, as well as a purple and red wig with a hat on top. <laughs> I'm sorry. wrong with that. I know it's a felony and I should be all, you know, the, the, the ire of justice un, unserved at this point uh, should be flowing through my veins, but that's just funny. Although a denim dress is kind of a tacky look even for a clown. Mm-hmm. This uh, is Colorado. Well, I suppose. Maybe fashion is late to arrive that's there. That's the peak of fashion there. That's your clown watch. <laughs> Here's your clown watch for a Tuesday on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley of the News Desk. So Barack Obama's making an important speech when he's interrupted by a duck-quacking ringtone. Real transformative change never begins in Washington. Who's, 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 du- duck. who's duck back there? It's a, it's a duck. There's a duck quacking in there somewhere. <laughs> Where do you guys get these ringtones, by the way? That's curious. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have a duck quacking as your ringtone? Maybe it's like a Silver Spoons reference or I, something. I just love his voice. Well, I was thinking of this about, look, I'm not saying this is the case, but does it almost seem to you like like these these moments must be planted? Because doesn't he, doesn't he have a lot he of these? seem like every man. He, that's the thing is like he has a lot of like, I'm powerful. But I'm also charming and just like you. Like there was the thing with the signing the girl's uh, excuse letter when she missed class. The girl whose name was Kennedy. Uh, yeah. When the dad's oh, like, my, wow. my daughter has to have, she's missing school to ask you a question. You know, and he's like, well, I'll write your daughter an excuse. What's her name? Uh, Kennedy. And he's like, good name. And he's writing the, 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 the you know, and the father laughs and, and Obama says, no, 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 I'll really do it. And he sits and he writes an excuse for the kid. And then there was, wasn't there something a couple weeks ago where somebody's phone rang and he like took it away? He's like, yeah. give me your phone. Oh, uh, no, 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 that, that was here. the spokesman, the boring spokesman, the, oh, okay. the boring right. uh, press spokesman. Whose name I don't even remember. I don't remember his name either. Wait. Yes. I'm only coming in with Marlon <laughs> Fitzwater, and I know that's wrong. So, all right, whether it, well, whoever it is. Maybe that is an indicator, though, of how, um, uh, really, the skill uh, that Barack Obama has, as contrasted with especially George W. Bush, in terms of you know presenting himself and the way he interacts with the press, because that was the reason you remembered the press secretaries, for Bush is because he was just such a he was just such a nincompoop that you know that they would they didn't want to put him out there you know any more often than they had to, so they always stick uh, you know poor Ari Fleischer or somebody out there to mouth his lies, uh, whereas Barack Obama can you know he can lie all by himself. Here's Tim Riley. New York authorities say a man has been fatally electrocuted when he tried to cut through a down power line with an industrial saw. The 64-year-old Pond Eddie man was drunk and ignored repeated orders to stay away from the power line. Wait a minute. So we had an ad hoc clown watch. This is clearly an ad hoc uh, Darwin watch, I suppose by the way. Be, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Tim says grudgingly. Stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I ate all my caps. Hey, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust. Don't, don't, don't. Another one bites the dust, and another one gone, and another one gone, another one bites the dust. Oh, my heart just stopped. Ah, there it goes. All right, here is your Darwin watch for Tuesday. This comes to us from Pond Eddy, New York. 
New York authorities say a man was fatally electrocuted early when he tried to cut through a down power line with an industrial saw. They say the 64-year-old Pond Eddie man was drunk and ignored repeated orders to stay away from the power line. This happened in the presence of firefighters who had been guarding it. Sullivan County public officials say officers chased the man away from the line several times and then he returned with a power saw. Authorities say the line fell in a storm yesterday and been down for about seven hours. What was his, what was the goal of, of cutting through the... It seems like it couldn't be to sell it because he has an industrial saw in his hands. Mm-hmm. You could just sell that, right? An industrial saw doesn't come, uh, doesn't come cheaply either. I mean, what possible motivation would there be? Any 64... Well, he's no longer available for questioning. <laughs> I suppose it's true. Everything is merely speculative from this point onward. And where is this at? Pond Eddy, New York. Is Pond Eddy? Uh, I don't know where that is. You know, is. this is going to be like Happy Valley. It's going to be yeah. a thing that just it can't be the quantified. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So don't do these things, please. No, All right. There you go. There's your Darwin watch for Tuesday. Another one bites the dust. Do you suppose when they saw him coming with the industrial saw, they even tried to stop him? Or was that just sort of like a, you know, warn you once, warn you twice? Well, have at it, friend. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we have seen a radio correspondent, James Roop, joining us from Los Angeles to give us the uh, the latest on. So now they're saying he bought drugs using the fictitious name Omar Adams. $60,000 worth a month, according to The Sun. Really? Are they saying that? Yeah. That's totally different from what I was going to say they were saying. All right. We are live Everybody's from beautiful saying something. Portland, Oregon. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. That's an uplifting song. <laughs> Trying to put a smile on your face in the early morning. Yes. <laughs> KUFO cares. Uh, I am here to talk to you, of course, about MaxMuscle.com. So I was actually hanging out at the pool yesterday. With, um, with all the strippers and whatnot, um, lounging around. And my friend Jessica called me, and she's like, hey, sir, I've, I've heard you talking about this Max Muscle thing. And she's like, I'm totally old school Max Muscle, which sounded a little funny. But uh, she told me that she was able to lose 20 pounds doing it. Um, when I told her that I'm kind of doing it for more of the nutritional stuff, when we started talking about um, the nutrients and stuff that you take. And uh, there's this stuff called Vitasil that I realized that I haven't spoken about yet. So it's this... this like uh, container of this juice stuff that is every like m- vitamin, mineral, everything that you need for the day, and just a cap full of it, and it tastes like Orange Crush, and it's magically delicious. So I guess with vitamins, um, when I was talking to Frank about it, vitamins you only absorb like thirty percent of the multivitamin in your body, but this is a drink and it actually goes right into your. So system. if you take like the hard pill vitamin, Dude, a lot of it's it ridiculous. Digest. I can't even take it before I have a nap, so that's why I'll have it first thing in the morning because you take a shot of it and it just instantly your body instantly absorbs it. I feel like a ton more energized. Um, it lasts all day. I feel amazing, and you can tell. And it's it's totally worth it. If you go to maxmuscle.com and click on the store locator, you can find a store location and perhaps talk to somebody about finding some of this fantastic concoction yourself, or else you can actually just order it online. You can just click on uh, shop online and uh, purchase some. It's well worth it. It's delicious. My friend Jessica lost a ton of weight. I am feeling a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better about myself around the pool. So uh, if you want to find out more, go to maxmuscle.com, and you can shop online or find a store near you. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-2557. 
101. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll talk to Tim Riley at the news desk and uh, so forth. Let's we... Uh... All right, one second here. All right, there we go. I had to find my pen. I couldn't proceed until I had my pen in my hand. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop, joining us now. Hello to you, sir. How are you on this fine Tuesday? I'm very well. Good morning. Uh, so I, I wanted to clarify something. So are you, and I couldn't tell if you were, if you said this yesterday or if I just imagined that you said this. At some point, are they just going to have you sort of camp out in the shrubs outside the Jan, uh, the, uh, the Jackson compound and just kind of uh, kind of wait for them to come out and set everybody straight about everything? That's what I was doing yesterday. Okay, so is this the compound in Vegas, or is there one in California? No, 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 this is one in Encino. Were you there when the Fox reporter was hit by the hit-and-run driver? No. Okay. Okay. Probably deserved it, though. I was just going to say, more's the pity you were not able to observe it firsthand. Um, Here's a dumb question. Is Michael Jackson a California resident? Yes. Okay, so then does that mean that any issues regarding his kids would be settled under California law, do you think? Dude, in California law... It is so up in the air on this. Um, there are so many different variables and factors. It, it's it's just really weird. I, I don't even really know how to digest all of it. All I know right now is that the kids are with Grandma and Grandpa, and they will be until August 3rd because that's the next scheduled hearing for permanent custody. But Debbie Rowe is definitely a factor. Um uh, you know, there's there's other there's other factors involved here, but it's just it's just very very strange. Well, especially because if if any, I mean, like half the stuff uh, coming out now, if it's true, is just going to make this so. I, I, there's a phrase they use in, uh, in in reporting sometimes. They say we're in uncharted waters here, and uncharted waters make me really happy because that means that it's just going to be chaos because you've got the three kids, two of whom were purportedly uh, Debbie Rose biological children. Uh, one of whom was purportedly from an unknown surrogate, and yet now we've had reports that not only was Michael Jackson not the uh, sperm donor, but we've uh, heard that none of the genetic material uh, for the first two kids came from Debbie Rowe, that she physically had the kids, but that she was not the woman uh, who provided any of the genetic material. Yeah, but, uh, you know, California law, there's also a thing in there that if two people are married, there's, there's a presumption in the law that... The kids are biologically theirs. It can be challenged, but if it's not challenged, the law is, the presumption is, that they're the biological parents. It's it, There's a whole lot of weird things about this that I, I, I don't understand, but I think that's true. So I wonder then if, I mean, because all that stuff has got to be on file or on record somewhere, so it makes there's you wonder. documentation that she's the mother. So then I wonder if it's also, if there's any sort of way that the person who donated any of this, uh, either the male or the, or the female material, if that would ever be known and if that person's ever, or the people, are they ever going to uh, come out of the woodwork for this? It's just, it seems like there's like 900 shoes out there, any or all of which could fall uh, at any moment, which is just, I mean, and then, we, and then they still haven't said, I don't know, the, 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 there's rumors now that Joe Jackson's uh, excluded from the will. We don't know where, and then, then Joe Jackson, of course, then brings up the issue of what, what do we know where the funeral is going to be? Is it going to be at Neverland? Do we know? Uh, it's not going to be at Neverland. He will not be buried at Denver. The only thing we do know is that Michael Jackson will not be buried at Neverland, and the funeral will not be private. Now, I'm supposed to be on vacation next week. However, I have to put that on hold in case there's uh, a funeral. Uh, so I'm not happy at all. I I'll, I'll come down there and do it. Trip. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to go to Florida, and um, now I'm 
not going to be able to go. So, uh, you know, I've been trying to effort information for a couple of days now <laughs> about this thing. And it's going to wind up happening because I'm going to cancel this trip. I'm going to wind up sitting on my thumbs all all week because there's no way they can mount a funeral of this size, you know, in, in a few days. No, I mean, it's going to be like Reagan's funeral. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be a state affair. Yeah, do you remember how long it took for them to bury James Brown? Wasn't he on ice for like a oh, month? God, I forgot all about yeah, that. Yeah. The, the, we were doing like a daily update with the, the poor Ed McCarthy. He was just yeah. like, no, Rick, he's still in a freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so who knows what... Uh, Jesus. What's going to actually go on with this? You know, I guess you can keep a body indefinitely. Uh, well, look, I mean, let's be honest. Did you ever, you know, you ever think about a Twinkie? How they say that it look that it's not going to decay because there's nothing natural in there. See yeah. also Michael Jackson. Yeah, uh, it might be. Someone brought up an interesting point yesterday too. You know, cryogenics. What if, what if they've already frozen him and then they'll uh, figure out a way to save his life when they come up with whatever antidote that is I, I I heard from somebody this morning is that he's trying to start the rumor that the third kid blanket was actually a clone of Michael Jackson. Jackson was already having himself uh, reproduced uh, genetically, which is not like it's not like out of the realm of possibility that that legend could take hold either. So I mean it you know in if in, in as far as Michael Jackson goes, nothing is impossible it seems. Right. Or improbable even. You know, so well, who knows? Well, if you'd like us to uh, come down there and help beat information out of somebody so we can... Uh, well, secure... I'm waiting for, you know, it, the funniest part was Al Sharpton called us all together yesterday because he was going to have tell us about the funeral. When they came out after an hour and a half meeting with Joe Jackson, who has very little command over his faculties, I think, anymore, um, we came out and they were just rambling on about how you can't jump into these things spontaneously. And I'm thinking... Come on. <laughs> you know, i got to put my life on hold for this. You know, any other entertainer, I'd still be able to go to Florida. You know, the one guy in the world that's going to hold my life up happened to die. You know who needs to intercede on your behalf? And I think you know the answer, Jim Roop. There's only one person who can save you. There is only one person who can enter this situation and expedite things. And that person is... O.J. Simpson. Well, he does expedite things. He does bottom line things. There's going to be a long, drawn-out divorce. Oh, I guess not. Um, no, the the person who can intercede now and move things along, Gloria Allred. Oh yeah. You. Well, she, somebody's already asked her a few questions, but she's she's more of a uh, analyst now than anything else. She's not gonna. She's busy filing she, octo uh, suits. She's she, yeah. She can't get involved in the funeral planning, which is my only concern. <laughs> you know, let's get this moving. Well, maybe if there was some sort of power outage uh, that were to happen, uh, then it would necessitate moving everything up in the time frame. Yeah. So we could always pray. So let, pray for rolling blackouts. Jim. Well, I got to make my decision on this thing here um, by sometime Thursday because I'm supposed to leave Friday. So uh, we'll find the next couple of days. I got to. Try and get somebody to give me some information. Well, if it uh, if it ends up that things are delayed for you, we'll uh, we'll send you something high proof to uh, take the edge off. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, thanks, brother. Have a good day. You betcha. There you go. There's Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles. Boy, he's the bitterest guy on earth. I love that guy. I love him so much. Oh, L.A. makes everybody angry constantly. <laughs> <It does>. Seriously. <laughs> no, I, I feel his pain. He's walking around. How are you? Fine. Right. Straight ahead, Tim Riley has your news, ladies and gentlemen. We are uh, here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, we'll be uh, joined by Tim Riley of the news desk coming up at 9. It is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It is Tuesday morning. You're listening to The Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. Back in just a moment. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
This is the Rick Emerson Show. My humor comes from watching my parents have sex, smoke weed, my mom being naked. On Rock 101 KUFO. Well, that's sort of what it makes it sound like. Like she's doing the new weekend show or something. I mean, not that that's the case. I'm sure your mother's a sainted woman. I'm just yeah. pure as a driven snow. I'm just saying the juxtaposition of the editing makes it seem as though that's the case. Understandable. All right. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Oh, my goodness. It's 844 already. This time has slipped right by. Good morning, everyone. It's going to be in the 80s today, and enjoy it because it's going to be cool compared to what we're in for for the next three days when temperatures hit the 90s. Make sure there's air conditioners working. You're going to need them. Well, if you're planning to watch the fireworks on the glorious 4th, expect bigger crowds than usual. Since Fort Vancouver's not having them anymore, everybody's got to come down here. The Waterfront uh, Blues Festival is experiencing, or will experience, overflow crowds because it's going to have fireworks there. Also, fireworks at PGE Park, Blue Lake Park, and in Estacada, Malala, and Canby. So Why not to, sample all these places? Are we really to understand that Estacada can afford something Vancouver can't? Yes. I mean, Vancouver's a... Vancouver the, has a higher unemployment rate than Portland. Well, okay. Now, that's a, that's, that's a fair point. They do have, uh, they have economic challenges. They have fiscal uh, It can only tax the poor folks so much. Before they rebel, so I'm gonna, or there's a, or there's an uprising, Tim, and no one wants that. So I won't uh, be here. So I'm gonna. We are uh, the, the, we here on the uh, program. Uh, we will be gone on Friday. Uh, Greg Nibbler's going through and handpicking uh, some of our finest moments uh, to be playing back on Friday, and then you're what you're one camping? of which is going to be tomorrow. P.S. Oh, wait, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow's mystery guest. What tomorrow. is tomorrow? Now I don't. Uh, last week's mystery guest, which is the guy yeah. who wrote the book Ideological Bigotry, uh, I don't think that guy can be topped. That's, I'm just saying. It's... I'm saying I'm pretty damn confident. All right. I was, I, I pitched, I told Greg what I thought, you know, what this person spe- specialized in, and he thought that it does was. Does Tim know who the mystery guest is? Tim I have does not, not been told. All right. Well, how about I, well, you should tell Tim uh, right now. I will uh, take off my headphones. Okay. Hang on. I will take off my headphones. I will not. Uh, la, 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 no, I can't la, tell him on the air. No, because somebody's going to tell you. Slip me a note. Oh, my. Now, did the listeners just hear who it was? No. Yes. All right. No. What? No, they didn't. All right. Okay. So this is... All right. But the audience will find out tomorrow. Yes, they'll find out. No. Before the bit happens. Well, because, yeah, I think it'll be funny. You just don't want context. somebody to tip me off. That's exactly. the thing. Like, you're afraid if you say it on the air now that somebody will, uh, will well, yeah, like, send me a Twitter message or something. Yeah, so, All right. it's gonna, so the person is going to be on at 6.40 tomorrow morning. 6.40 tomorrow. 6.40 All tomorrow. Right. So, so, Tim, do you feel good about the mystery guest for tomorrow? I've never felt better about a mystery guest. All right. So, uh, tomorrow, mystery guest. Then uh, Friday, uh, we will be uh, gone playing uh, some uh, best of segments, and then we'll be back on Monday. So you are camping this weekend, yes? I think so. I have the Timbers game on Thursday, so I think I might take off after that. All right. And then I'm going to be in uh, Seattle. So I'll be going to Seattle for Friday, Saturday, uh, and then back on uh, Sunday. So we'll return on Monday, uh, ladies and uh, gentle persons. Here's Tim Riley. According to The Sun, if you can believe them at this point, desperate Michael Jackson was spending $60,000 a month on prescription drugs. He was even using a phony name, Omar Adams. Uh, let's see. He bought, uh, well, we won't say, you know, everything he was using. Then, the man behind the world's biggest online Michael Jackson fan club says heartbroken fans are committing suicide because of his death. And he's telling all these kids to stop it. Michael wouldn't want you committing suicide. Well, wait, uh, who is saying that his, uh, that Omar Adams is his nom de narcotic? Uh, the son. Why would Michael Jackson need a pseudonym, though? That, like that does, first of all, that's just patently unbelievable. 
Who are you? Uh, my name is Omar Adams. You look like Michael Jackson. I'm not him. I mean, how would you? That's just stupid. How would it? Would a pseudonym? The, 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 so he dressed like a lady, but then he had a man name. Seriously. I, well, that was for something else. No, that was yeah. That was uh, that was for many construction workers. That was for when he was allegedly that was for love having. <laughs> I'm that was when he was though. allegedly having sex with construction workers in rat-infested hotel rooms in Las Vegas while he, Michael Jackson, was dressed as a lady. <laughs> Which is just so unbelievably weird that I can't even get my head around it. But what would be the point? And, I, it, 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 and it seems uh, uh, to me that he probably never made any sort of even passing attempt to disguise his identity there either. Um, so the only way that using a pseudonym to get drugs would work if you're Michael Jackson is if... Is if maybe a doctor is doing it for you? Like if there's a middleman that needs to get a prescription on your behalf or something? I mean, well, that's well, what maybe, Michael Vick was doing. Maybe the pharmacist told the assistant make it. You know, that's really Michael Jackson. Don't ask him. <laughs> He's real just, sensitive just about Omar it, though. Just put on the vials and everybody will be happy. What was he credited as when he was on The Simpsons? Because he, when he was on The Simpsons where he played the mental patient and he sang Lisa's Happy Birthday song... He wasn't credited in the, in the, as Michael Jackson in the credits. There. He had a pseudonym there for some reason. So he's saying the one, uh, Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy yeah. Happy birthday, Lisa. Yeah. Which I was going to play on Monday for Storm Large's late birthday greeting, which we still haven't done. Happy birthday, Storm. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Storm, Storm Large. Oh, suck. We're such terrible people. <laughs> birthday was last week and it's Tuesday and I haven't done anything. So there you go. That's your, uh, that's your birthday acknowledgement. So I was going to play the Michael Jackson song. But I think he used some fake name to be credited on The Simpsons show. All right, well, it'll all come out in the wash. The best thing is how TMZ just blindly reported that autopsy story and then never bothered to clarify, like, oh, it was all lies. And I think it's actually still up. I think there's really? still... I think... I may be wrong, but I think TMZ is actually still linking uh, to that story. They may have taken it down I think it that. might be true. Uh, well, look, would it... It wouldn't I mean, surprise me. Would it surprise you? That's why they reported it, though, because yeah. everything is so believable. Like, if you found out that all the stuff, like, we didn't bat an eye when they said this about, hey, he's broken, you're broken bones, and he's covered in scars, and he he's bald. The bridge of his nose is gone. We don't care if they're lies. No, I mean, well, I don't. Uh, I mean, this show is just nothing but a tissue of half truths and deceptions, anyway. And in case you just joined us, TMZ is reporting that Jackson and Roe are not the biological parents uh, of right. any of these fine youngsters. Well, and then we have a never before released Michael Jackson song. Is it awful? Eh, it's better than nothing. Is this the Isley Brothers recording? Not their recording, but is this the Isley Brothers song Shout? I believe so. All right. <laughs> well, fortunately, Jim Roop won't be going anywhere anytime soon, and he'll be ensconced. I'll go down and fill in for him if he wants to go. All they have to do is give me an airline ticket. I know my way. Give me a rental car. Give I've... me one of those uh, little Chevys. I like the idea that he was just going to be leaning on people and just essentially pounding the information out of them so he could go to Epcot Center. All right. Uh, we want to take this opportunity to remind you that coming up Friday at 9 a.m., uh, though we will not be here, uh, what will be happening 9 a.m. Friday is your chance to uh, take part in the KUFO half-off sale uh, featuring uh, tickets to the Bymart Salute to the Troops 125 NASCAR race. And it's a two-day event happening July 18th and 19th at PIR, and tickets will be half-off. So the half-off sale, of course, is just that. way. It's essentially a 5 gets you 10, 25 gets you 50 sort of a deal. So you'll be able to go online to KUFO.com Friday at 9 a.m., able to buy yourself a pair of tickets to the Bymart Salute to the Troops NASCAR race, which happens the 18th and 19th uh, at PI, uh, PIR. Those go on sale this Friday, 9 a.m. at KUFO.com, part of the half-off program. However, at this uh, very moment, uh, we will give you a pair of those if you are caller 10 at 503-228-4101. 503 
4101. If you are a caller 10, uh, you want to pair those. And again, you can uh, buy those for half off uh, as of 9 a.m. Friday at KUFO.com. Time uh, to go already. What's that? It's time to go. <laughs> Sadly, Tim, it is. But we'll be back tomorrow in just 20 hours uh, to bring you news and comedy. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, also Jim Roop from Los Angeles, Dax Holt from TMZ, and Don Taylor from CinemaSideshow.com and Cinematical. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for Rock 101. KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phone. The production assistant is Greg Nibbler at the front desk. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s is next with our good friend, Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Tuesday, June 30th, 2000. And that is the frequency, Kenneth. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. If you do squish it, it does have a, uh, a reaction. Uh, it emits a, an acid that can cause like dermatitis to people. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.